This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This podcast is sponsored by FlashFilmAcademy.com. If you're into photography, filmmaking, or video production, FlashFilmAcademy.com is an online training platform designed to help you monetize your passion. There's a ton of information online to help you capture a better image, but there's only one place you need to go if your goal is to make a living doing what you love. Enroll today to get three free courses. FlashFilmAcademy.com. It's time to turn your passion into profit. Save 25% off your first course when you use promo code THAT25. That's THAT25. Before we even get started with the podcast, I want to introduce something new to you. If you're tired of missing these live streams or missing videos, we have a new service where we can text you when we go live or launch a new video. All you got to do is text Flash Film to 74121. That's one word Flash Film to 74121. All right, let's get started. Get the show on the road. What's going on, everybody? What's going on? We got a special Friday edition of today's shows. It's been it's been a crazy week. It's been a busy week. If business is not pick, picking up for you, I don't know what to tell you because we just we got probably about six deposits this week. So business is back in full swing, and I have been just busy, 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 busy getting stuff together. So sometimes lives get moved around. Make sure you are on the uh the text list if you don't want to miss any lives i'll post that down there below i don't bug you i don't drunk text you i promise i'll let you know when things change and things move if you are a gold member make sure you go to the community tab because in the community tab i have the link so you can join today's show um we had a few people waiting we'll get to you in a second um but i want to kind of go over a few things before i bring in everybody but first because this is viewable by the public I want to say a few things. If this is your first time on this channel, this channel, as you know, is about turning your passion into a profit. We talk about the business side of content creation. And I'm my name is Ty. I'm a former Army combat photographer, the owner of Flash Phone Media, and I'm here to help you get that bag. So before we move into today's topic, today's subject, I'm going to ask you to do two things. One, I'm going to ask you to post where you're from, obviously, because I love to see where you're from. Two, I'm going to ask that you uh, take a look at these graphics real quick, and we're going to do that. You're listening to Content and Cash, a Flash Film Academy podcast. If you want to learn how to take pretty pictures, this is not the place. But if you're ready to make a living by learning the business behind the camera, buckle up. Because it's time to turn passion into profit with your host, Ty Turner. 
All right, let's get this show on the road real quick. I want to talk about a few things before we bring our guests on. One, I got to make sure I don't flip and lose my uh, headset real quick. I want to talk about a few things. I want to talk about why it's important that you get good at upselling. And there is a part of my sales process in which I do all of my upselling. In fact, there are two parts that I do it in. And I want to talk about those parts so that you can implement those into your sales process. We got Michigan, we got Atlanta, we got Tampa. All right, where my international players at? Make sure you chime in. But I want to talk about why upsell is important, how to upsell, and what you need to do to upsell. So one, I if you've been watching this channel, you know I'm big on taking your services and packaging them as products, right? Building your service into a product. One minute of editing includes this, this, that, that, and this for a 60 second short. Um, and it, it comes with everything you need for one price. It's a product. I don't want somebody nickel and diamond me saying, well, how much is this? Well, maybe that we have products for that. We can add captions. We can add thumbnail design. We have products that are in place so they can just click what they want and buy it. And that's a part of the upsell. So again, there's two places I'm usually doing my upsells now that my services are listed as packages as products. I'm sorry. My services are listed as products and you can buy a bunch of my products together as a package. Now, what you want to do is upsell those products by either selling them a package that includes some things that they may not have thought of or allowing them to add to that package. The same thing happens to you everywhere you go. That's why when you go to McDonald's, they ask you if you want to upsize, you want to supersize your fries. They ask you if you want to add an apple pie. They ask you if you want to add ice cream. They do things to upsell you. They bring you in the door for just a cheeseburger meal and they upsell you to a Big Mac with a large fry, a large drink, two hot apple pies and everything else. McDonald's land cookies, whatever, whatever. And what you're going to learn how to do is to package your services together so that you can offer that. Now, think about it. There are places you go right now. There are places that you go right now and you never buy anything unless you upsell it. You change it. You add pickles. You do whatever you do. It gives you the option to do it. And when I say upsell, I don't want you to think about taking you from a cheeseburger to a, a Big Mac. Simply giving you the ability to add more pickles is something that I can make more profit off of. You know, I think I, I think McDonald's charged 50 or 60 cent to add pickles to your burger and it may cost them half a penny for two pickles. And they've, they've just made 60 cent off of you and the other 300 people that hour that decided to add more pickles on to a sandwich. I've even seen places that charge you to take stuff off. And that's absolutely crazy. Um, I know for sure car manufacturers, especially if you're buying a sports car, charge you more for a stick shift than an automatic, even though the automatic transmission costs more to, to build, manufacture and, and everything. They charge you more money for less simply because of the type of vehicle you're buying. So as we build this company and let me go over to two places where I'm focused on upselling. One is in the initial stage and in understanding what the client is trying to do, right? Because clients are going to approach you with the idea or, or they're going to approach you with the need for content. I need photos. I need videos. I need headshots. I need 
whatever. And it's up to you to really understand what may work best for that client. So usually just like the doctor and I use the doctor analogy all the time. Um, I use the, the, the doctor analogy all the time. People come in, they tell you what hurt and then you write a prescription for it. You don't let somebody, your doctor don't let you walk in the door and say, oh, doc, I really need um, some morphine. A doc asks why, what's going on. Um, a doc wants to understand the, the pain, the cause of the pain. Did you pick up something to hurt your back? Why is your back hurting? Are you sleeping on it? And then they write a prescription. When you understand what their problem is, even though they're coming to you saying, I need pictures or video, your job is to write a prescription on how to do it. Now, you don't want to overly just load the pot. You want to make sure you write a legitimate prescription. You want to write something that is baseline that will allow the client to do what they need to do. Then you want to offer upsells. Now, the first stage of me upselling obviously is in the prescription stage, just like your doctor do you. Hey, I can write it for the off name brand or I can write it for the name brand. If you got a good doctor, um, which do you prefer? Which do your insurance cover? Those are things that your doctor has the ability to upsell you on. Hey, I would, you know, I can write you to Walmart brand and a Walmart brand is cool, hypothetically speaking, but Claritin's I've found that they're just a little bit better than the Wall Wallertons or whatever they're called. And you end up going with Claritin. So that's an area where they upsell you. The second area in which I provide a upsell um, is in the proposal stage. So again, initial meeting, phone call. I'm talking about what we offer. I'm saying, yeah, we can we can shoot this. And I'll give you an example. I had a client that was a college. They were they wanted a recruitment video. We end up shooting two versions. My prescription was that we shoot two versions in the initial stage. I say we shoot two versions, one aimed at the student, one aimed at the parent, because what excites them to come to your college will be different for each. Parents want to know that it's safe. It's cost effective. They're getting a degree that will help them go places. Kids want to know that it's fun. There's a lot of things available. There's a lot of people like themselves here. So my prescription was two separate videos to go after two different target audiences so that they can meet in the middle and both make the decision to go to your school or one can get triggered by it and they'll bring it to the other person's attention or bring that school to the other person's attention. So we can kind of go after parents or kids themselves. So we created two. That was my that was my prescription. Now, after that, after I've prescribed that and we're writing proposals, it was important for me to submit <clears throat> certain things within that proposal that were upsells. And I one of the major things in one of our top upsells is teleprompters. Hey, do you guys need a teleprompter for your script? Now that we got your script out of the way, we know the Dean's going to want to talk. Is the Dean good on camera? Does he talk a lot? Some of them are like, yeah, I'm good. I do this all day. But guess what? When we go um, and we go and film and capture the talking head of the science teacher, he he's cool in front of people. He may not be cool in front of cameras. And you'd be surprised at how many people aren't. So an upsell for them was the teleprompter. They, we, we had, um, even before then on, on the proposal, the pre the pre, uh, stage part or pre-production 
has upsells? Are we writing script? Are we scouting locations? Um, are we, what are we, what are we bringing for the location? Those are all upsells that you can add to your proposal currently that you're probably doing for free that you can be paid on. Are we bringing in talent? Believe it or not, we brought in talent for shoots on college when all the kids they got there, they still wanted to bring in talent. They didn't want to go through any legal mumbo jumbo and have a kid that's in a, uh, you know, in a video and something they flunked. They didn't want to go through none of that. They wanted to bring in talent. We brought in talent. We brought in hair and makeup. Um, we brought in lunch. Those are things that we we can do as well. And we're really I'm going to be honest with you. We're just Uber Eats in it at this back then. And, it, you know, it, it took a lot of work to get food on time. Now it's just, you know, you're paying for $200 food budget. We're going to order it and have it delivered. We can even order it beforehand with Uber Eats and set the time and date. So we forget about it and they're showing up with food. Um, so those were upsell items. And then we go to the production part, the teleprompter um, and, and things like that. They wanted drone shots. That was an upsell. Slider shots, gimbal shots. That was an upsell. Um, so we, we did a few different things with the proposal that provided upsells that the client can just check a box for. Then you have editing. You know, do you want an animated logo or do you just want your logo to appear within our current package? Your logo would just fade on and fade off. If you want us to do something creative with it, we will. But that's an upsell. Do you want an Instagram version, a TikTok version, a Snapchat version, a Facebook version, a Periscope or whatever, a Twitch version, whatever? You can check that box and we'll edit versions that are designed for those platforms. All of these are upsells with a client that could have walked in the door looking to spend five, six hundred to a thousand dollars. If that's your price range, I have had five hundred dollar clients turn into five thousand dollar clients. And if you don't think this worked, go to Apple website right now. Pick the cheapest computer they got and watch. You will want to add RAM. You will want to add hard drive. You'll probably want to upgrade the um this graphic card, you'll probably want to add a bag, a different mouse, add Final Cut Pro. Every company that allows you to offer a product does this. And that's what's great about your proposal, your website. Your website should inform them what these upgrades are and your proposal should make it easy for them to click the button and do it. And you'll notice that in my testimonials that I get from clients, I have them to talk about those upgrades. I have them talk about the fact that we offered a prescription. Hey, we were thinking this, but Ty and the guys over at Flashville Media came to us with that. And that was a great idea. We ha were happy we went that route and it worked out for us because our video got more of X, Y, and Z. So but the thing is this, if you're not set up to offer upgrades in the form of checkboxes on your proposal, if you're not set up to have those upgrades or upsells defined and um, you want to make them you want to make them situational, you want to make them different per whatever niche or whatever product that you're offering. Right. For our photography package, our upsells or upgrades are different than our videography package. They don't care about editing. They don't care about certain things. Um, whereas the photography, you know, we may have an upgrade that allows you to use multiple. Um, they may allow you to use multiple outfits, multiple tops. It may allow you to get all of the images, even if the bad ones, the good ones, all of them. It may allow you to get 
not the raw files, but JPEGs of everything else. Um, it may allow us to do different lighting scenarios. It may allow us to do a different background colors. You'd be surprised how many companies want a gray background and they want to try something like a blue or a shallow depth of field. They may want to try something different, but to have these packages that are designed around this particular product always helps. I've had clients pay us extra to hold their images, to archive their images on shoot proof an extra year. What does that cost me extra? Nothing. What did I make extra on it? Probably a couple hundred dollars. I've had clients ask, can we house the video on our servers and they embed it onto their website? We got a Vimeo account. We pay for it for the year. What do we charge a client for that? Maybe another $50 a video. What does it cost us? Nothing. Pure profit. So these are things that when presented at the right time to the right client, will be decisions that clients will make that will help them or help you upsell that client. And th this will take a small ticket item and turn it into a bigger ticket item. And you will notice that even when you bring in clients that don't want to spend a lot, clients who are looking to, to go on the low end, they will sell themselves up into a package that they feel more comfortable with. And it, it eliminates the question that I hate asking clients that you've probably asked clients that scared them away multiple times. And that is, what is your budget? I don't care what your budget is. This is what our base price is for what you're asking. And we have the ability to upscale that to get it where you want it. Because if I give you something for $5,000 and you have a $8,000 budget and I give you an option to add on things that will make this product or video or photo better, you're going to add things on up until you get to your budget. We have the mindset sometimes as business owners that people you know, they don't want to spend what they have set in their mind to spend. But in most cases, they'll exceed that if they're given enough value, right? Everybody who's watching this have had a situation where you spent more than what you walked into a place to spend. Um, Walmart does a great job at upselling you based on the route you take in their store. They'll show you things in order or show you things at the last minute at the register to make you buy things you didn't come in there for that. You like, you know what? I do need that. Hey, I did see that on TV. We do need a 24 pack of Reese cups. We do want these things. So things are placed in the store physically to upsell you. And what I'm saying is with your brand and your company, as you build your content creation company, you're going to also place things, maybe not physically in, in that same path, but, um, you know, with, within your sales process to have clients upsell themselves. I don't have to call them and say, Hey, what you, do you want to, are you thinking about, Nope. Have you looked at the proposal? Okay, let's go over the proposal. And as we go over the proposal, I will usually talk about the items that are in the upsell. I'm calling it the upsell section, but on the proposal, we call it the add on section. Extra things that you can that you can add on to it, um, like live streaming and multiple additional cameras and things like that. Um, there's just a ton of things you can think about within your niche, within the type of service you offer that are upsells. All right. So with that being said, um, I'm going to let the questions flow in from the gold members. And I'm about to introduce our gold members who are patiently waiting to jump in this chat. 
gonna give people a few seconds for their uh we got waiting on a few cameras to come in but in the meantime i'm gonna have people jump on and say what up we're gonna start from the top and move our way on in boom bang pow there we go what's going on fellas what up what up let me ask y'all how do y'all like this time compared to the to the to the thursday night i'm just curious Yes, no, maybe. I'm like brand new, so I, I really don't have too much of an opinion on this. Okay, okay. What about the other guys, the re- the other regular guys? How y'all feel about different time slots? Thursday night's probably better for me. Thursday night late. Yeah, I would I would probably say the same. Thursday nights, yeah. Friday afternoon is a little. For me, usually I have a shoot um, during Friday. I just happen to have some a gap. Uh, today, especially after after yesterday, um, so yeah, I know I got some people that are international who are usually up at like two, three, four a.m. to catch the live. So they'll probably appreciate this time slot uh, a little better. Are you guys currently working on anything to uh, as far as your upselling? You guys have anything in place or any success in a certain area of your sales process? Um, when it comes to upselling your client? I'll say yes, of course, but you you, you know all Go my, my entire background's in marketing yeah. and advertising. So that's pretty much where we probably make more of our money is more of our backend process and the upselling of products and services. Real quick, let me jump in Bay's question real quick. Um, he said, Ty, can you give more examples of upselling for corporate headshots? Okay. Um, so at the top of my head on our he- corporate headshot portfolio, um, some of our upsells are group photos, right? Um, so a lot of group photos for like teams, these are big when I do like lawyer shots, right? Because they'll have, they'll bring us in for headshots, but they don't have a group shot. They don't have a shot of their paralegal team. They don't have a shot of, um, you know, a, a, maybe a lawyer and his assistant. So uh, group shots is an area where I upsell um, taking. So usually my standard headshot is a backdrop gray blue headshot. Um, an upsell would be a shallow depth of field on location. We call a we call it a lifestyle headshot. Um, so that's an area where we offer an upsell. And those are a little bit um, those are a little pricier. Um, we have um, a waist up lifestyle shot, maybe at a desk, maybe in the library that we offer as a upsell. So lifestyle headshot, lifestyle waist up, and we have full body shots, lifestyle full body shots. Um, so those are three things that we use as upsells. Then we use multiple, um, we use multiple um, outfit, multiple changes. So an upsell may be to have the ability to say, hey, I want to do a headshot in different different attire. Okay, that's an upsell. Um, we've done outdoor shots as upsells. When it comes to headshots, we've done um, cl- uh, um, skin cleaning as an upsell. We've done teeth whitening as an upsell. We've done wrinkle removal as an upsell. We've done um, just all kind of stuff. You have something you want to jump into? Go for it. Yeah, the other one that I would throw in there would be doing like almost like a kind of like live action or, or um, corporate type shots where it's like if, if they want to like see people in a boardroom or like people drawing on a board and like whatever, it kind of depends on that, but kind of like 
kind of like those lifestyle, but like in the moment where you're kind of fly on the wall. That way they can use those things for promotional material, uh, brochures, website content. Um, I know a lot of people really like that. And especially like if you get like CEOs and they want to do um, a lot more like PR outreach, you could even do one-on-one -on -one, like if, cause I know some people like, like, Oh, me by my car, you know, me sitting at my desk, like those kind of lifestyle shots as well do uh, really well. Um, I'll, I'll give you another weird, but true upsell. When I was in the military, they taught us how to do passport photos. So that's something and anybody can do it. It's just a certain standard, but that is something we offer with, with standard head headshots is we would also do passport photos if needed. Um, and we've, we've had companies who, um, they were doing a lot of stuff remote. They were getting ready to expand internationally. Um, and they wanted to get all their employees, uh, make sure their, their passports were up to date. And a big issue that a lot of people had was, um, passport photos. So when they got regular headshots, we also gave them the ability to get the standard passport photos. So make sure you guys, um, have the, the box filled in with your name and your website. If you want to show that to the audience real quick. Where everybody can see you and check you out and get that get that that free exposure or advertisement or however you want to call it. Make sure we get that going. So uh, upselling is something that you need to really dedicate some time to. You really need to focus um, on ways within your company you are upselling. Um, and it's little things sometimes. You know, McDonald's, you know, they almost seem like they made their fries smaller so they can upsell you. Like it's little, little tricks and things they've done to help you go to the next level that, you know, Hey, our standard price includes a one minute video, you know, three hours of filming. And then we can go up from there. And that's, that's the benefit of structure based pricing um, compared to the day rate, half day rate, you know, you're, you're, you can upsell into something different where, you know, I'm not you. You guys already know I'm not crazy about day rates, half day rates, because you know people just drag. I feel like they drag their feet and they just they work slower um, when they feel like they need to trade time for money or be here longer to get what they're worth. They will drag their feet. Um, but clients will the value that you can offer clients when you go structure based pricing is we're gonna get in and we're gonna get out and we're gonna do it right um, because any great business owner that have you on their location filming. They understand that anytime they have to pull somebody away from their job to be a part of this, they're losing money. Um, and, and you know, they're losing money to have their um, secretary stop answering phones to worry about, you know, to help you find a plug to plug in your lights and things like that. So you want to make sure that you are, you know, you are you're you're a little fast paced. You're moving in and out but still at a rate where the client feels comfortable and you're not messing up. So that that's real important um, as you work with, uh, as you continue to work with clients um, and build those relationships. Make sure I got everything posted. Anybody else have any, um, any upsell experience or items that they thinking about upselling? Nobody's upselling, no upselling any drone, different drone. I know, um, I, I know flying Ryan does a lot of first person view. Maybe, maybe he'll start with, uh, you know, idea of maybe starting with a traditional drone and then offering 
first person view. Any guys doing any 360 tours? We're doing a lot of 360 tours um, with companies like Dentist. We may do a video and then we may upsell a 360 tour or 360 images. Um, it's really, really big right now, uh, especially for websites. Um, and now that YouTube can, you know, you can upload a 360 video and embed it from YouTube. You don't got to go with some crazy company on the side that's charging you, you know, $20 a panel to get one shot up. You can upload a video on YouTube um, that's 360 and allow a client to embed it in their website. That's something we've sold as upsells um, to clients. I'm trying to think of what else we've sold uh, that, that were upsells. It changed depending on what the, you know, what the initial product is with, with photography. We just do, a, we do, it's just a whole lot to do with photography, especially once you start talking about product photography, right? Um, you, we start doing different environments, are we doing, you know, we did some stuff that was organic, some CBD stuff a while back that was, we provided wood and just a organic background. Tim, you said you, you wanted to jump in there for a second? Yeah, I was just going to say one of the things I know that we've kind of done in the past with some videos and that kind of stuff is if we're going to go and shoot an ad or we're going to do any of that stuff, one of the things that will upsell them is like, hey, you know, we're already going to be out there. We're already going to have the equipment for just this amount we can do maybe a few FAQ videos, right. crank out a few FAQ videos, upsell them on, you know, if it's like, okay, so like you got five FAQ videos, normally, you know, this is how much they cost, but you can kind of upsell them on there um, if the price seems right, because you're already there and it doesn't cost you any more. And, it, and instead of lugging all your stuff back for another day, um, that's something that I know has worked um, for us when we do any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, also, um, testimonial videos is a good upsell. If you're doing a live event, testimonials are a huge thing. GMO production, looking out on the super chat. He says, can you give some examples of upselling restaurants and food trucks? So we've done, um, photography, like food photography before. In fact, we did it for, I think it was a taco chain that runs out of, uh, a lot of local gas stations and we did a lot of photography for them. And one thing we noticed is that their menus were run off screens. So we upsold them on the idea of actual video of those dishes. So steaming and, and I'm gonna be honest with you, we added the steam with CGI, um, but just nice shots, nice movement shots, video wise of their dishes, um, shots of them working with clients, shots of, Tortillas being made in the back, shots of fresh food and 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 back of house, um, just the excitement of what the people are doing, you know, in the food truck or in the restaurant. A company that we work with that's really big on that is uh, Raising Canes. Raising Canes companies like Raising Canes or Chick Fil A, they're excited to show how you know the guys who are in the back of the house are so excited to. Um, they're so excited to to get everything done and they're so excited to be a part of creating your meal um, and they're just happy and, and, and they want to be a part of it. So we've done a lot in back of house to show clients or to show, you know, those who are buying food up front. But there's tons of ways you can upsell restaurants. There's tons of things you can do. Go for it, Tim. 
Yeah, one of the other things that I would look at doing is when you're there, if you're primarily doing video, like what you were talking about, Ty, is I would see if they're interested in getting really good menu photos and actually just offer them menu redesign work. And even if you're not good at graphic design, you could probably find somebody on Fiverr or any of that stuff. And with the images, you'll just have to kind of price that out and kind of do a little bit of testing. But that's something that you can do that's really, really easy. Um, and I know that sometimes restaurants, they want to have good looking menus. They just don't know how. And most small guys end up just doing it in like Word or I don't know, all kinds of crazy things. So if you can do that, normally that's a really, really easy upsell for them. Um, because like I said, if you just go and get somebody else to do the, do the design work and you do the really good images with it, then you're pretty much golden there. Also, think about it. If you're not good at graphic design, you don't have to be the guy. You can refer it to someone. Like just like you're saying, you don't have to. You could. You can upsell something you're not good at, as long as you have, as we would call in the hood, the connect. As long as you have the connect, and you're just reselling it wholesale, that's fine. Companies want to come to you to be a one-stop shop. Um, big shout out to uh, Parker. He does all our graphics here. Uh, he does an excellent job. So if you guys need somebody with graphics, I got a plug him. He's, he's our guy. I got to plug him. So that's his website below. He can definitely take care of you um, on what you need. And especially when you want to upsell thumbnails to a client, when you want to upsell, you know, just something with graphics to a client, you don't have to be the guy doing it. You can you can find out with Parker what it would cost for something and then add your profit to it. So um, and that's a lot of things you do. We do script writing here. Um, and we don't write it in house. We have writers that we work with. I'm, I'm grammatically, I'm just not the best guy at that. And I, I understand that. Um, so I get, I put people in place to, um, to handle that. Plus again, you want to work on your business and not always in your business. And you have to delegate certain things at certain times in your business. And it, it may start off where you are, where you are the guy doing everything. It may start off, but you don't want it to grow that way. Um, good question. Good question. Thoughts on is bros work thoughts on using cold call emails to gain new clients. Okay. Um, and I know, I know Tim's itching over there, so I know I'm gonna give me a second. I'm gonna get, <laughs> get right to you. Me personally. Um, there's always a time and place. Um, but I think if you have a list that you have developed, but that wouldn't necessarily be a cold lead. That would be maybe a warm lead. Uh, I don't randomly like emailing people. I've done it before. I personally haven't had the best results. Um, But if you can get a little bit of a warm lead as far as emailing, as far as, hey, these people are within my niche, or hey, these are cards that I received when I was out going business to business, then you may see a little more success than just a super random email um, because I probably get a thousand of them a day. I probably look at three, two, um, and, and, and computers are so good. Now it's just going to my junk, junk folder. Um, what, how do you feel about that, Tim? Tim, how do you feel about the, uh, the code emails? Yeah. Yeah. So th- this is my take on yeah. it. One is I think it depends on what kind of brand you want to be. To me, a company that cold calls and sends cold emails all the time, 
I don't value that company. That's the big thing. I think that you can see success. Um, and we've tested, like in, in the past, we've tested really more cold email more than anything else because one is, I don't know anybody that likes getting random calls from people. <laughs> like I, I never do. And I don't want our my brand to have that bad taste in somebody's mouth where if we had somebody going out cold calling and then I met that person in real life, they're probably going to be like, oh, right. You were that company that called. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the big thing, at least for me. Now with cold email, realistically, it's a huge numbers game. Like out of like 500 cold emails that you might send, you might get one or two people that may be interested, but that doesn't mean that they're going to convert into sales. And to me, the amount of effort and time, energy, all of that, you'd be way better off actually just going and trying to run some kind of brand awareness campaign to get your brand out there and to let people know you exist. I think your time is way better on that um, than really doing the whole cold calling stuff. And I know some people that live and die by it and that's, that's totally fine. Um, but like I said, I just, for me, I don't want my company to be that way. And I laugh because literally yesterday I got a call from a company that was like, Hey, we're calling you because we want to redesign your website and do your marketing and advertising. And I'm like, you do realize that marketing is in the name of our company. And if you took five seconds and looked at our website, you would also know that we did web design. <laughs> Why would I hire you to do our marketing and advertising and design our website? I, I totally understand. So, yeah. that, that's really my thoughts on it. Um, but like I said, it, it's one of those things, if you want to do it, you can. Uh, you also just have to be careful because you can really jack up all of your emails and your call lists. Yep. Um, and if you actually call people that are on a do not call list and you're not scrubbing your lists, you can be fined up to $17,000 per infraction. <laughs> Not a good so, one. so that that's just my take on it. <laughs> um, by the way, um, by the way, Tim, I've been trying to uh, reach you in regards to your car warranty. No, you know, <laughs> just think about just think about that when you get them calls. I've been trying to reach you about your car's warranty. It's like I don't care how good it is. I'm like click. So, just I, I'm not crazy about it. Um. It has to be a super, super niche situation. Um, great question about teleprompters. What teleprompter do I recommend? I like, personally, I like iPad teleprompters. They're, they're inexpensive. Um, you can control them with your phone, with most software, because you can connect your phone via Bluetooth to your to your uh, teleprompter control it. Okay, so old teleprompters were monitors. You connect it to a laptop. A lot to carry. iPad teleprompters are light. Plus, let me tell you this. I like having the ability for a client to literally make changes to their, to the, whatever they have, email it to me. I just copy it out of my email and go straight to the teleprompter app app and boom, bang, pow. We, we got updates. Um, instead of having a whole nother person off to the side with a whole computer and a cable trying to figure it out. I've just had great experience with teleprompter apps, um, a teleprompter, um, or uh, iPad teleprompters. So, um, once you 
In fact, I'll give you, I'll tell you what my teleprompter app is real quick. I use, I think it's called like prompter or something. I'll give it to you one quick second. It's called pro prompter. Yep. Pro prompter. Um, it is a very, very good app. Pro prompter studio. There's a paid version. I think a free version. That's the version I use when you buy a, uh, iPad teleprompter. Um, Ty, what is your process for developing a killer sales pitch? Honestly, I'm going to be really, really, really honest with you. By bouncing stuff off my beta testers. By asking them, would this work? And they're like, nope. Heard that to me. I got six calls and somebody said that did it. You know, today, that wouldn't work. My, tele- my, my beta testers are great friends of mine at this point because they allow me to try things out. Um, just like... And and be honest, if you grew up, if you grew up in the house and you had an older sister and you said, hey, this is girl I like at school. I'm thinking about saying this to her. And she's going to be like, "Nah, there's no way I would say that. Your beta testers are going to do you the same way. Nope. I would not approach a company like that. Because we get tons of people approaching us like that. Um, It's the, you know, there is something that you are currently really good at. And when somebody do it wrong, it makes you cringe. Like me being former military, whenever I watch TV shows and they got somebody in the military and they're like, I'm like, dog, like a ribbon is somewhere it ain't supposed to be. And like they're marching wrong. Like I'm just, I'm like, it's kind of like being a car guy and you watch Fast and the Furious. Anybody's a really good car guy and you watch Fast and the Furious, it'll just take you off here. Here they got some you know, twin turbo 1.6 liter, whatever. And it's just catching up with a Viper or something. You know, you ever watch, um, just chase movies and somebody is in like a Camaro and they can't get away from a minivan. Like the minivan is like bumping the back of the car and they're like, floor it. And like, I am. And it's just like, and you're like, bro, he's in a minivan fam. Like you can't get away from that car. And he got a minivan. All you got to do is just turn. And he'll just, he'll roll. So that's just, you know, it's kind of like that. Um, and when you have relationships with beta clients, they will tell you, uh-uh, that's not good. It's not going to work. And so I, I, I often, um, you know, they want me to be successful just like I want them to be successful. And, we, and like I said, we have that relationship where they're very honest about um, different things that I, that I offer because I practice it with them. Um, so that's something that I would, once you get a beta client, uh, it's something that you will have the ability to pitch to a beta client and walk through um, and they'll 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 tell you whether it's hot or not. Definitely. Um, so I want to make sure I got, got that question. And if you guys got questions, go ahead and post them. Um, so, yeah. So when it comes to. You know, whatever and this is, again, I go back and I I preach it, I pour stuff, I pour gasoline on this fire all day. Niche is important. You got to have it. Got to know what your niche, niche, whatever you call it, wherever you're from, you got to have it. And that will help you determine um, and have an idea of what your upsell offers are. Because, you know, if I am, if I'm selling you a burger, right, I, you know, to, to have the ability to upsell you on motor oil is useless. It's absolutely useless. However, if I'm selling you a burger and I can upsell you on ketchup and bacon and extra lettuce and three three types of cheese because they are in line. And this this may sound like common sense to a lot of people. I get it. But there is somebody out there 
trying to upsell dog photos in the middle of a wedding proposal. There's somebody out there that is trying to upsell something that is completely different than what their client, you know, what's on their client's mind. So you want to make sure that you are upselling something in line with what you're selling. Ketchups to hash browns and salt for hash browns and, you know, things like that. Um, I went and got a steak the other day and they had, you know, three different type of butters, garlic butter, truffle butter, whatever. They had A1 sauce and Heinz 50. They have everything within the line of that steak. If they would have brought me some some ketchup and that's probably people that eat ketchup on a steak. I'd have been like, nah. So just keep that in mind as you develop your upsell offers. Um, and then package some together sometimes, right? Have a package that, um, and it's easy to have someone go from spending $1 amount to the next. If Let's say your silver package is just a burger, but your, your I mean, your bronze package is just a burger, but your silver package is a burger and fries. Make sure that if they bought the bronze package and then added the burger, I mean, added the fries and drink that's equal to what's in the silver package, it's more than the silver package. Because they'll save by going with the silver package. Don't have everything add up and it's cheaper or equal to the pack, the next package up. That will entice them to jump up to the next package. Because once they add a few things to the to the bronze package, they're going to be like, I should have just got the silver. And I'm going to tell you where, I'm going to give you an example of where you can see this happen over and over again. And it may have been a while since you've been there. But go to the movies. Get a small popcorn and upgrade the drink. And you're like, man, I... For 25 cents more, you can just get a medium popcorn and a medium drink. Like, man, I just want a small popcorn and a large drink. But you'll spend more for that than you would by just getting two mediums. So you go up and be like, okay, give me the medium, but give me a large drink. Well, for 25 cents more, you can get a, oh, man. You know what I'm saying? So they do a really good job at just ramping you up to just a large drink, a large popcorn. You know, you can add hot dog to this for just a dollar more. You know what I'm saying? So that's a place where, and they, you got to think about it. Movie theaters make their money off food. They don't really make their money off movies. They make their money at the stand with this, this loud smelling popcorn that's purposely designed to trigger your, I think I need popcorn mentality with every movie. It's designed to be, they just pumping that air out. They just pumping the, 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 the butter smell out. Think about it. Your popcorn smell like butter. But it's never butter on the popcorn. You always got to add it. Like you, you walk in the movie theater, you smell like nothing but butter. But the butter is never on the popcorn. Like, well, where's the butter? Why Why do I smell it? And I still got to add it. Because they're doing that to make you want popcorn. Um, and an upsell may be extra butter, maybe better butter. So something to think about as you build your brand and you build your business and you're growing this thing. Um, any other questions as far as upsells or ideas for upsells? They said they got butter in the HVAC. I, I do agree. They got butter, butter air filters in that thing. Um, casinos probably got got money air filters. Um, you know, when you when you buy a car, right? Believe it or not, the new car smell is not real. It's something that is sprayed in the car. Every company has a if you if you look it up, every company has a trademark or copyright or they have a patent on their smell. It's unique to that brand. You think it's the leather? You think it's the, it's not. That's why if you go buy a new car air freshener, it don't smell like a real new car. It smell like it's just a different version. But but companies like GM will have a different new car smell for Chevy than they do for Cadillac. And it's something that they add to the vehicle. 
It's mind-blowingly crazy, but it is absolutely true. Can you get that spray back in there? Nope, they're not going to sell it to you. It's not available. Um, and that's just that's just something they offer to, you know, to make you say, hey, come, come check out this new car. You're looking at a used car? Come sit in this new car. And you smell it and it just it it triggers something, especially if you've had a new car before. Um, it's just something to think about. And companies do that, right? They 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 tend to have things that they can upsell you that are exclusive. I go to IHOP for the coffee. I their pancakes are cool, but I love their coffee, and that's why I'm there. I'll just while I'm sitting having a coffee, I'll okay, I guess I'll take some pancakes. So uh just something to think about as you build this company that you own. Because a lot of people don't think like that with a service, right? Because you're looking at what you offer is me trading what I'm doing for their money. And the truth is you're trading a product for money. And I want you you guys to look at it. I want you to draw boxes on your whiteboard and write in that box what you offer and and then build you out a Lego set of of what you guys have to offer. Go for it, Tim. Yeah, and, and going along with that, if you really want to get your stuff to stand out and help upsell it and that kind of stuff, is once you've productized it, give it a name related to that niche. Yep. Because if you do that, now you as a company, you are the only one that offers that. Right? There's a reason why McDonald's has the Big Mac. It's not just called a burger. It's their version of a burger, and you can't get a Big Mac anywhere other than McDonald's. And you should do the exact same thing with your product, is if it's a specific video, try to name it something related to your brand. And if it's, obviously, if your niche is really, really in that niche, name it something related to that. Great. That's a great example. A lot of companies do that. Um, Apple is one of them. Retina Display. I remember when Retina Display came out, and I was like, well... It's not 2K, it's not 4K, it's just it's just Retina. Like what is what exactly is Retina? Retina was actually a little I think it was like 1440, it's not even 2K, but they named it Retina. So it you know, it sells. And and you'll notice a lot of companies do it. A Big Mac is really just a double cheeseburger with an extra piece of bread in it. Um Whopper is I mean, what exactly is a Whopper? Like it's so a lot of companies are 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 definitely doing that to so you can't compare and compete. You can't you can't line up, you know, if you're selling a cheeseburger and they're selling a cheeseburger and theirs is cheaper, it's hard to show value there. But if you got a Big Mac and all they have is a double, that's a double cheeseburger. This here is a Big Mac. These here are uh, cinematic corporate headshots or these are, you know, Hollywood shots. Those are just headshots. See where I'm going? So if you build your brand that way and have that product clients will definitely jump on it and it makes it hard to compete. It makes it hard for others to compete and compare pricing. They just won't have the ability to, even though it's pretty much the same thing. A lot of, you'll start to see um, a lot of, I, I, I look and find this a lot in the auto industry. Again, I'm a car guy. So, you know, what one may call a quattro four, or some other may call all wheel drive, you know, or whatever. So it's just different per, per company and they'll offer the same thing. They'll offer the same thing. Gas companies do it. Um, I think shell has different names for their 93 octane. It's called something shell plus or something. And Chevron offers the same thing. So those are things to think about um, as you start to name 
your products and you start to grow your brand? Um, we got a question coming in from Brian that says, "Is if your kids do did or do martial arts, dance, gymnastics, you pay a base rate for a group class. Everything else after that is upscale, upsell." I agree. Um, yeah, they sell. They're gonna sell uniforms and everything, and that's really what that's really the foundation of structure based pricing. It allows you to add. It allows you to add time as an upsell as well as different products and services and upsell. So your client doesn't doesn't not understand what they're paying for. Because a lot of a lot of people lose clients. I, I hear a lot of you guys talk and you lose clients because you're trying to sell them on something you understand and they don't. You understand 4K, they don't. You're you're listing it as a feature and not selling it as a benefit. So they don't understand the benefit of shooting in 4K instead of calling it future proof photography or future proof video. You know, we're going to future proof it and call it whatever, whatever, um, because we're shooting it in 4K and you'll have the ability to use it, you know, from time to time. You'll have the ability to use it in the future because companies are allowing you to up, upload 4K. We're going to we're going to 5G. So we're getting faster Internet speeds. And 5G is a great example of something that they've just given a name to. But it'll allow you to have higher quality video for the phones and TVs that are streaming and, and have the ability to stream at a higher bit rate or to dumb it down. We'll give you better video quality. We're giving you sharper video, sharper images. That's future proof. That's how I would dumb it down. But those are things you got to think about. And, and you know, if you have a niche and you have a product, I would create at least five upsell items per product at least five per product and you'd be surprised how that how you'll submit it for one price and and i use proposal for this so i love it and see it i see it all the time i'll send out a proposal that's a that's a couple thousand and it'll come back you know 28.5 or it'll come back 36.5 and i'm like whoa and the client just chose what they wanted and just added to it meanwhile they're telling me their budget is 1500 i sent them a proposal that was 500 over and they sent me one back that doubled it. And it happens more than you think. Um, and it, it was something that when I really start to understand, I started to understand it and, and kind of it, it started sticking in my head. And I started taking time to sit down to write the proposal to include these things. It was something that just pushed the needle up as far as what I was making monthly, what I was making yearly, uh, what the brand was doing. So it's, it, those are things that. You know, I really would love you guys to implement ASAP because you'd be surprised at how many people tell you they have a budget that's here and then they get a proposal in front of them that makes sense and they spend three times that. Go for it, Tim. Yeah, I feel like it's always one of those things. Like sometimes I have to tell people like your prospect will lie to you, right? Like, like it's just like anything. Like if you as a business, like if you've ever been on a call with another company that's trying to sell you something, there's probably some things that you said that weren't actually true. Yep. That's why you can't take everything always at face value. And I think the other thing too is like a lot of times what I tell people is I'm like, look, if you're not making the money that you want, then increase your price. Yep. Like a lot of people think I'm going to increase my price and nobody's going to buy, but that's the complete opposite. Like I remember we were working with a, an ultrasound company that does ultrasounds to help determine genders of babies. And we did all kinds of stuff with that. 
and we increased, I think their like low end price was like 50 some bucks for a session. And I was like, no, we're going to charge 150 bucks for your low end session, which was more than their high end session. As soon as we changed that, we had more people that bought and we went, they went from making $3,000 in a single month to $13,000 that month. Wow. You know, and that's the thing is like, if you don't ask for more money, you're not going to get it. Just like if you don't ask your customer to do upsells, you're not going to get it. The worst case is they don't take it and they still pay what you initially wanted them to pay. That's the worst case. That's how I look at it. And that's really what I tell a lot of people is I'm like, you know, it's, it's not, it may seem scary, but you never know until you ask. Upsells also save a lot of clients too, right? Upsells and package deals save a lot of clients that they may request something. Let's say they request, I want a video with teleprompter, yada, and I just, I, I, I deliver what they wanted with, a, with the things checked that they asked for. And instead of them saying no, or it's too much, they'll uncheck what they can live without so that we can still do business. And it makes it easier for them to do that than to say no. Um, I'm just going to go somewhere else because if you just say it's 1500 I can't afford it. All right, thank you. If you say, and, and another reason, why, you know, I often talk, talk about itemizing things. You know, if you build it like Legos and they can remove a few pieces to get what they want, um, then they'll it'll, it'll prevent them from saying no. That's why, um, you know, go back to Apple. They offer three different, three levels of things. So if you can't afford the middle one, they always got one below that. Go for it, Tim. Yeah, and that's really where downselling comes in. And, yep. and downselling, just just like upselling, I think is not used hardly at all. I think downselling is always kind of forgotten about. <laughs> um, of course, like like I said, we did an entire video. I want to say it came out this week on downselling and different ways of downselling. But like a perfect example of downselling was Walmart's layaway. Yep. Like they're probably, I don't know if they still even have layaway, but that pretty much was like what exploded Walmart as a company back in, because I think it was early nineties, maybe early two thousands when they introduced layaway. I can't remember exactly, 80s. but it could go back to eighties. Maybe the eighties. I don't know. I know other, other companies did it like Kmart, Sears, a lot of companies, JC Penney's. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, downselling is, I think, just as important as upselling. And like you said, like having those things checked and then letting them decide what they can live without still gets you a sale, right? And that's the big thing is, is like you said, I think a lot of people go in there and they're like $1,500 and they're like, well, it's too expensive. And then they just leave. And I'm like, you could have still closed that client. You could probably still get them at $1,500. You just have to understand how you downsell in those situations because we've done it plenty of times i like the uh i like the uh railway analogy because it makes a lot of sense i mean technically when you go buy a car you're financing it you're down so you can't pay cash for a forty thousand dollar car the average person can't so they offer finance you can offer finance in your company in your business there's plenty of companies in square square pay uh they offer financing for your clients something to think about so if you know i i because i deal with a lot of businesses directly i don't do a lot of financing i don't deal with a lot of financing but square allows you to have the ability to let your client make payments 
and they'll finance it through Square, and Square will just cut you the check for everything, and they'll just pay interest. And I think they were doing like 90 days, same as cash. So, so certain clients can, you can do it, and they'll bug they'll bug the client about the payment, but you'll get your whole payment, and you know the rest is on them. So th- those are there are some things and some ways to to still get that client that's a little bit out of their budget, especially if they see the value and they see where how this is going to provide a return on investment. It's your job to sell the value, right? If you really believe that all your company need to blow up is an intro video or a video that properly explains what you do and how you do it, you'll finance it. Just like you believe that that car is going to get you from point A to point B every day, you finance it. Just like you believe that the house, this house you're going to be happy with for the next 15 to 30 years and it's going to provide, you know, adequate space and coverage and a safe place to lay your head. You believe it. The value is there. You sign a 30 year mortgage. So it's it's the same for a service you provide. Um, you just got to make sure you present it as a product and you have different, different things available. If you're currently taking payment through square, I think that's something free you can sign up for um, that where, where clients can, 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 you know, get, get access to financing. I don't do B to, I don't do, B to C again. I'm doing mostly B to B, but I've had client. I've had maybe one client. It was a smaller company that wanted to create training content, right? To sell, to resell, and they financed it, and they made their profits back. You know what I mean? So it just depends on the situation. Go for it, Ronnie. I didn't even see a hand down there. No, you're good. You're good. Doc. So the financing that you guys are talking about is something other than just setting up monthly payments like on a payment schedule. Correct. They'll actually, so Square actually like say, hey, look, you know, here's a $20,000 and then customer or whatever, client or whatever, you know, you make installments of X, Y, and Z over whatever period of time. Correct. Yep. So yeah. so with with Square, you, you won't have to chase down the client. Like Square is going to cut you the full amount until you have a nice day. They'll deal okay. with the client. You won't, because I don't want to break it up in payments and I got to be the creditor and I don't want to do that. Square will do all of that. So they'll just say, you know, if it's $10,000 video, hey, Rodney, here's ten grand. have a nice day, and then Square will be on the hook for that. Go for it, Tim. Okay. Cool. Yeah, the the only other company that I know that offers it, if you're not using Square, like I said, we don't use Square, but um, uh, there's a company called Affirm. Yep. It was actually, I want to say it was the ex, one of the ex-CEOs or something like that from PayPal, PayPal that went out yep. and created Affirm. Um, we've used that now for us, like we do financing all in-house, we do it, but it's because we kind of know what we're doing, <laughs> but we don't offer it all the time. It, it is on a case by case basis. And for us, we do do it on a monthly. Sometimes we do it a little bit differently. I kind of talk a little bit about it in the video, uh, that we posted, but, um, you can do it if you feel comfortable. I think that's the big thing is if you feel comfortable and you're okay, not getting, all of the money up front. Um, and sometimes I think that at least for some people, I think that can be a good thing because sometimes when you get a bunch of money, you go out and you spend it on a bunch of stuff that you probably don't need. (laughs) Or if you have those payments coming out in smaller amounts, I think that you can, you're less likely to go and buy a bunch of things that you probably don't need. Cause I know that that's, that's something that happens and it keeps you a little bit more accountable sometimes. (laughs) <laughs> for me i'm i'm like jg wentworth i need my money now <laughs> i need my money now 
I need that bread in my hand right now. Um, but I mean, you know, I, there's different companies that do. I've, I have heard of that company and I was considering them, but I was, I got offered the idea to do credit when I realized, um, that's right, 877 cash now. I got, I got an idea. It, it hit me when I was like, you know what? I'm really only dealing with businesses. I don't, I don't want to, um, I don't want to go that route. If you're doing B2C, if you're dealing with consumers or small companies, it's a great option. Um, Brian asks, um, what about creating a hidden page on my website with 10 to 15 second gifts um, and one sentence describing each of the upscales so the client can have an example to view? Okay, I like that, but I'm going to tell you where I would tweak that. Offer actual videos, right? Allow them to click the link and because you're a content creator, you create videos allow them to click a link and I, and the way I've done it and the way I would say do it is give an example of that upsell through the eyes of their client. Like make it testimonial. Hey, you know, we used the teleprompter with flash film media. It really helped us get through the day. We really enjoyed the fact that, you know, our, our script was there up to date. We could look in the camera and read the teleprompter worked great for us because we didn't have the background and, not say public speaking, but we didn't do a lot of on camera work before. So we use that. So, so create, remember it's okay to get high off your own supply when it comes to creating content, because if it works for you and it, and it helps them make a decision, then they'll know that it will work for them and helping clients make a decision with them. So it's okay to get high off your own supply. Go for it, Jim. Yeah. One of the other things that I would say, it, it really depends on what the, product is that you're upselling, right? Like the teleprompter, I would see if you can get a testimony. And then in that I would show B roll yep. of what it looks like of that of you of somebody using the teleprompter. And then the other thing, if you have like content where you could show like, this is what it's like without a teleprompter, this is what it's like with a teleprompter. And even if you just did like a, a, a shot, like here's the camera, and it's like, do you want to just stare down this lens? Or do you feel com comfortable seeing like the text on the camera. Showing those things helps the customer understand. And I think that the same thing is even if you did something like, let's say it's not teleprompter, let's say it's headshots, right? If you're doing headshots, I would say, here's like what Ty was saying, like cinematic headshot versus other headshot. Yep. And this is like, even if it's a competitor, even if it's whatever, obviously, if you're going to use a competitor, you have to make sure you're representing them properly. But even if you just go and find a not great headshot and you show them like average headshot, my cinematic, whatever headshot, or and you take can it. compare, take it yourself. We all see yeah. those, um, yeah. as seen on TV commercials where somebody is like, weirdly, are you tired of dropping your food on the tray? And they're like, Oh, they're not comparing yeah. other trays. They're just like, like, come on, yeah. fam, you've seen that. And, <laughs> you're like, you know, <laughs> and, and, yeah. and that comparison like is going to just help solidify even more why they need that headshot and why they need your cinematic version. And they don't need a headshot. They need you. Yep. Right. That's why it's like Big Mac versus other random burger over here. Right. Some frumpy burger. And present it that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that will really help distinguish that. And, and to me, the other thing that I like to do is if you can add on anything, like if it's something that's, you know, like this video is designed to do X, Y, Z show, like here's, this video that we did for a client and it got them this result and have that like 
if it's the thing that they're looking for is views or revenue or whatever, try to get as much information to put on there and just stack as much stuff as you can. Don't have it like super overwhelming and have like an entire page per (laughs) upsell, but have like really good, just bulleted points. That's going to help them get clarity on what it is and how it's really different than anything else that's out there or anything else that they've seen. For me, um, one of the biggest ways we would upsell teleprompters is I would show people footage of people looking at cue cards right off screen compared to people looking right in screen. Because a lot of people think, oh, I can just put it right next to it and I'll read it. And, and they doing this all day and it, it, like, it doesn't work. So, you know, you you want to make sure you have proof of, of what the upsell is. It's a big thing. Um, good, good question that came in. So with the iPad teleprompter, they make teleprompters that lay the iPad down and it, sh- it shows the text on the screen so that they can see it. It's a, it's a whole device. Um, it just uses your iPad instead of a screen. Um, would it be great to demonstrate things like gimbal sliders, jibs, what the footage will look like with them and without them? Yes. Yes. Because clients have no idea what a gimbal is. They have no idea if it's a three access, four access. They don't know what a jib, slider, dot. They don't know. They have no idea. They, But when they see the shot, they're like, oh, I had somebody really tell me, oh, it's the Michael Bay shot. What? Nah. Michael Bay shot is the bad boy shots of an explosion and the camera like peering yeah, around peering like, as they're getting up. And it's yeah. like, yeah, we can do that. But yeah. And then we got to make it real till and orange. We got to do that. But that's the Michael Bay shot. But it helps to have an examples. Uh, I think you, you were going to say something else, too. Yeah, I was just going to say it's just like if I told you right now, like if I just ask you, like, what is your average row as what is the you know ltv of a standard customer you know all these things like most people have no earthly idea what any of that is unless you do a lot of marketing and advertising and that's why having supplemental things sometimes and one is obviously like you said dumbing it down so it's not so technical but if you can show people and i think that's the nice thing with video photography it is a visual medium where like sometimes if you're dealing with stuff that's not so visual or not that exciting, like if you're doing Excel, some people might get excited by it. Me, not personally, but you know, you have that you 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 have that advantage to you. Use it. Like that's just one thing that you have in your tool belt that you can use is you can really show people exactly what this is. And I think um, a good example of this is like you've probably seen on a lot of social media platforms how they'll have like final video and then behind the scenes. Do your videos that way and people will be like, dang, that's really cool. Like that's what it looks like. But look at all the work that went into doing that thing. I want that same thing. Now, that's a really good example because there is a course that we offer that really digs deep in showing behind the scenes stuff and why that is so important or show my value. There's a course. It's a few courses. Roddy know what I'm talking about that that really pushes this. Show people what how much what you know, because when people hire you and you're like, it's three thousand and they like, do I really want to pay three thousand for this guy to stand and hold his camera in front of me? And then you show up with six people, a van, a whole gaff truck, you're like, whoa, wait a minute. We need light stands, soft body and they're like, I didn't expect all of this. We, you know, because you'd be surprised at how many people you, you tell them we need a shooting location and they offer their closet. Like, yo, it's enough room. No, it's not. 
Mm-hmm. We need, you know, but if they see what goes into it, then the value is greater. Um, friend of mine, good friend of mine, had a situation not too long ago um, that I actually read about. Um, she was locked out of her car and it cost her hundred, hundred and something dollars. And they came over and they were like, bloop, all right. And she felt cheated. Like, wait a minute. Like, even though you got the tools to do it, you did it in three seconds. It was a book that I read that talks about how locksmiths are, they'll they'll look like they're working hard just so you don't feel as bad for whatever they charge you. Like, they'll, oh, man, this is a hard one. This lock is a hard one. And they're just like, woo, I got to figure it. You know what I'm saying? And really, they could have just been like, if you were like, I got an emergency or it's a kid in the car, they'd have been like, bloop, have a nice day. So they're taught to struggle a little bit to make it worth it. And there's a lot of things out there that's like that. Um, but, you know, it's just about showing value um, and making sure that people can they feel confident, confident and comfortable with what they're paying. And as a content creator, it helps to have behind the scenes footage of a whole setup, you know, lights and C-stands and it helps. Sometimes something like I, this, Kai? Something like that, yep. Yeah, oh, yeah. you got the highlighter and everything. That that's <laughs> you got it. Sometimes I'll bring extra people on set just so they feel comfortable. <laughs> that's perfect. I mean, that's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, that, that's the kitchen, man. <laughs> Where y'all got a cooking show going on over there? Y'all got a cooking show? Nah, nah, nah. Just doing something today, and I got a couple experiments I want to try. Okay. So I just, but I always set up everything in the kitchen. All my photo shoots are right in the kitchen. That's I got not, no room, man. I'm not big money like you, man. Oh you know? no, no, no! I'm, I'm, I'm just shooting snacks. I'm nice. for only ten cents a day. You can sponsor old Ty over here. You can sponsor me. You can sponsor. You can sponsor a photographer. You can sponsor. You know? old, yeah, I just, you know, I work on snacks. Little Debbie, little Debbie, Debbie cream pies and junior bacon <laughs> cheeseburgers. <laughs> I'm a struggling artist, man. Hey, hey, we gotta, we gotta change that to a you. But you, you're a growing businessman, though. <laughs> that's that's what it's about. And we ain't gonna talk about the you. when you usually log in from a beach somewhere. We ain't gonna talk about that. We <laughs> we just gonna we gonna let the viewers who just now seeing you for the first time think that that's true. This, this Cue the ocean sounds. Cue the ocean sounds. Right, he be logging yeah. in from the ocean. Don't let him fool you. He be living a good life. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, good to see everybody, though. It's definitely good to see everybody. Likewise, babe. Same here. What do you uh? What do you so you you're experimenting? How do you like the highlighter? Let's talk about that real quick for those who've never seen. The it. highlighter is uh phenomenal. Um, I get a nice catch light in the bottom of the um bottom of the eye. It um opens up the shadows in the chin, under the chin. Um, I shoot a lot of uh real estate agents, and they're a little on the the plus side, you know. So you got to work it out a little bit, you know, and uh, you make them look a little better, and they really they love it. And what's great about the highlighter? Straight out of camera, if you get the exposure right, they look great. Right, and it's very little editing. You don't have to mess with the eyes at all because it just lights the eye right up. Yeah. You know, in my opinion, and gets under the eye and gets you know, I love it. Show I love them, it. Just show them. The sh- just pan the camera over so they can see the eye light. Know exactly what I'm talking about. I I use the eye lighter for video. So the eye lighter is that big old curved thing right there. I use it a lot for video. Um, and I light from above and it really, really makes people pop. And you'll notice that a lot of ladies love it. You're filming a lot of ladies video. They love it because it lightens yes. the under, the, even the guys would, it lightens the under the neck, the part that usually gets no light. It makes them look slimmer. It makes them look, 
Um, it just looks great. I love the eyeliner. It's one of the best investments that I made. Yeah, and it also fills in under the eye, so yep. you don't get the uh, the, the eye the bag bags. is prominent, you know. And it, and like I said, it gives you the intensity in the eye because it really um, you got you got your main light going into the eye, then it bounces out, and then the eyeliner bounces it back up in there, so you get the bottom of the eye. It looks great to me. You know, I really like to use it with guys that are wearing hats like you're wearing now. Oh, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, anytime you're using a hat, I've used it a lot. Some of my uh, earlier YouTube videos, I, I was using the highlighter, um, but I use it gonna, for talking heads and everything. Yeah, I'm going to start using it outside because, you yep, know, I'm going to take it too. outside. Yep. I used you know? it for really like a lot of cinematic lower l lower light shots that were just cinematic and I would bounce it and match the background. It was nice. Yeah, yeah, I love it, man. And that's, that's not even the Westcott one. That's some off-Chinese brand, which I was like, whatever. It doesn't have as much of a curve as the Westcott. The Westcott yeah. really has a, a serious curve in it. The one, you know, at the time, I ended up buying the Westcott because it was the only one that was available. Right. That was before right. it was lighter. But yeah, they, you can catch them on sale a lot. Yeah, I'm a struggling artist. I keep telling you, I'm not big. Look, look at that background you got back there. I'm oh, just kissing. Just, you see me? That's just green screen. I get a green screen. Yeah. <laughs> you and back. Tim, man, nobody can keep up with you and Tim, man. You guys are. Well, Tim got we got weapons and everything in his background. He got he the man. Let me see. He got he got yeah weapons and people who didn't pay. Nah, Tim's shooting from the Smithsonian, man. Tim yeah. is shooting from the Smithsonian. Yeah, he got the treasure yeah. chest. He got books. He got everything. <laughs> You got seashells. He, that's a hard background my, to beat. My my swords are in the living room. So. Uh, how do they get moved? You just move randomly. Just well, <laughs> I, I, I have my, my this is my office, and then some of the other. I think it was what two weeks ago, something like that. I was out in our living room with our trunks and cases and more skulls. We're I'm debating on getting a dinosaur, so we're in the. Oh trying shit! To decide that's when you're rich, right not. there. You see that? That's when you. That's when you got it good. You like? I think I'm gonna get a dinosaur, T-Rex, baby. <laughs> full, full, full breed T-Rex as a pet. Yeah, yeah. I, he didn't, he didn't I mean, the, the, the the problem is, is they're just so big. Yeah. So like, we looked at a baby T-Rex, and it's like 14 feet tall. We got the ceilings for it. We just don't got the width space. <laughs> no raptor. He didn't even. He didn't even bother with the raptor. He went straight for the T Rex. How dare we get? A I mean, raptor. we we thought we talked about a raptor. We're probably going to get a smaller version. Oh, if I said space, it, it it's probably going to replace our Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to hang ornaments on a raptor? Yeah, I think that's what we're going to end up doing. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so just keep that keep that in mind, y'all. For Tim can sponsor you for two easy payments of ten cents a day. He can sponsor you, uh, or you can sponsor his rap Raptor fund. That's that's nice. <laughs> no, hey I just, Ty, I wanted to interrupt I you likes. too. Mm -hmm. I I have that. Um, you had recommended that X drop. That oh, thing is yeah. phenomenal, man. Yeah, show the. I seen it back there. Let's show the viewers the X drop real quick. The X drop. <laughs> So the X-Drop is, it allows you to hang uh, a, a, a backdrop really easily. It folds up. It's it's hard to use outside because it's literally a wind sail. And oh, yeah, you can't put that outside. Yeah, you can't. You can, uh, so there's a way, if you add a sandbag, there's a hook at the bottom, the back of it. Yeah, yeah. You can get away with a little bit, but not a lot. But it is perfect for headshots, um, full body shots. If you want something that is compact, it's probably about the size of... When you break it down, it's about the size of a fold-up chair almost. You know the little bag right. you get a fold-up chair in? It's about the size of that, and it is great. I keep it in my van. It's something I don't I don't even take in or out. If I go somewhere and we're doing headshots, I know it's there. So my setup— 
I'm going to turn around and show you the back okay. so you can see the, so you back. See the back. So my setup for headshots are usually an X-drop, an eyeliner, and then I use one light as, with a big soft box and then a hair light, and that's it. I'm in and out. I, I literally almost always have everything I need on me to do headshots at any time. So just the two light, the, the main, uh, your main key light, uh, hair light, and then the eyeliner? Yep, yep, and that's the back of the nice. X-drop, yep. Oh, wow. So it's kind of like an umbrella system. Yeah. And you can get different colors. You can get green screen. You can get white. You, they, they sell over 100 different colors. You can get different, um, you know, different like marble backdrops. You can get all kind of stuff. I found companies that sell unique ones that they print out and everything. And this is called an X-Drop. It's called right? an X-Drop by Westcott. Okay, so X-Drop and eyeliner. Kind of add yeah. those to the list. X-Drop and eyeliner. Um X-Drops, sometimes they have sales where I bought mine on sale where I got black, white, and green screen. Yeah, that's I, I got the black, white, gray, gray, and the green screen. Yeah. All in one package. Yeah, I think that's what I got. Yep, because I got black, white, gray, and green. Yep. So, I mean, something like that, you can upsell a client on a unique color that you can order from, from X-Drop uh, or Westcott to get in, or you can do green screen, but... Um, that's an upsell as well. And that's why it's great to to have the ability to offer different color backdrops as an upsell. If they want to do gray, they want to do black, it's just you pop it on and pop it off. Go for it, Tim. I was even gonna say if you want, just take your white backdrop and get you a really good RGB light, and then you never have to have ten thousand colors. Yep. And if they want to like change it out, switch it out on set, yeah. you can do that. Yeah. yeah, the LED lights do that. They're great. I use it with like um with a snoot. I put a snoot behind the uh behind the the, the talent, and then just like a snoot light that just kind of give a gradient look, um right. right behind the talent. So yeah, I, I love my X drop, man. It's 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 it was worth it. It paid for itself in the first two shoots, and it's light. Yeah, that thing is that thing is phenomenal, and, yeah. and it can get in tiny little spaces. You know, you can have that thing almost right up against the wall, and it's yeah. not a problem. Yeah, you know, it's stable. The only thing is. Mm -hmm. Don't take it outside in the wind. It is. It will take off and fly. Like that's like a kite. It turns into a kite in the wind, and uh, you'll be fighting it. So yeah, I learned that the hard way. But yeah, luckily mine was still under warranty when I learned that. But because <laughs> it took off, man, it was crazy. Um, it was yeah, it was it was. But I mean, those are, those are things. Those are tools that. You know, those are just even with that, I, the eyeliner, I used it as an upsell before, just showing people before and after. Um, different backdrops was a was an upsell um, when it comes to headshots. So those are things you can think about. And you're like, well, how am I going to pay for this gear? How am I going to, you know, create it as an upsell? Um, so the light goes in front of the fabric, the eyeliner. So it's best if you light from above, if you have a, a larger softbox that light. And then it bounce off the eyelid and come back. Go for it, Roddy. Yeah, I think somebody had asked this before, and I'm just drawing a blank on this right now. Oh my goodness! Um, crap. Oh man. I mean, you're gonna have to come back to me, man. I. Okay. I I'll, I'll, I'll try to remember in a second. I'm so sorry. All right, you get, you get, for the eyeliner, um, Vision Ags, do you mostly use the silver or white reflector? I use the silver reflector a lot um, because it allows me to use smaller lights. If I'm using a bigger softbox, like I got a 48-inch, I think I got a 60, I got a real big softbox, then I'll use the white. 
um, with it. But it just depends, you know, how clean of a look you want. Um, I've used my highlighter outdoors on like some cinematic shots with just a shallow depth of field with the uh, 100 millimeter STF Sony lens. And you're talking about some thousand dollar headshots. You're talking about some high end headshots, man. Well, you know what? I go by Ty. I go by um, skin tone with the um, yeah. with the different colors. You know, you, I don't use a gold the gold uh, tone on 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 light skin. It just yeah. comes out terrible. Yeah, I agree. You know, you, yeah, you got to have some melanin in you, and you put the dark the, the gold tone on there. And then I use the the white the white reflector on the lighter skin. Yeah, you know, yeah, because um, you really throw the, the skin off if you mess up the um the reflector. No, that's what I've learned. I totally agree. Did, it, did your question come back to you, Rodney? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I found it. I Go was looking it. through notes and through the comments. Um, so somebody, I was thinking the same thing. Somebody had actually asked this question. Um, so give credit to I think, uh, Javar Garrett. When you're talking about doing some of these upsells, mm -hmm. right, regardless of what the upsell is, how are you giving the customer the ability? Is it something that's done through Proposify? <laughs> I don't think from what I've seen, HoneyBook does not give you that option. Correct. And and yes, let me let me clarify that. Because that's one of the features when it comes to when it comes to Proposify that I really like. Is it gives people the ability to click a check mark mark next to it and their price changes. So that is a Proposify only feature at this time. How I would do it through HoneyBook is I would have that conversation with the client. And then add it to, um, to the bill. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Go for it, Austin. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, Rodney. I um, I don't know if you've looked at HoneyBook recently, but there's this cool new feature they added called the brochure. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. You can actually, um, you can design the whole brochure like you would in Proposify, and you can add add-ons and sections and. Um, testimonials and about us you can add literally whatever you want design it how you want okay. and when you send it to someone they can uh, they can click check boxes now so they can add on and at the bottom it'll yeah you know, once they send it back um, it'll tell you checked so you can basically use the brochure feature as a proposal and I do it all the time it's it's awesome literally like it met the proposal proposify with Honeybook, so yeah, that's sweet. I will actually, we will test that on ourselves, like so, like this week. That is awesome, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem, man. I Appreciate looked at the I looked at the brochure feature, but didn't have time to go into it. That that may be what I'm. I may have to. That may be the baby you were talking about. Yeah, man. I told you I, they came together. It would be you know it would be one less bill per month. So, and I've literally had conversations with the proposal five people. Um, and, and literally told him like, look, this is what needs to happen. But I haven't, I've, I haven't spoke with, uh, I haven't had that relationship with, with HoneyBook, but, uh, yeah, if HoneyBook's doing yeah. it, perfect. It's, it's pretty awesome. The one thing that I wish, and I'm, I mean, I'm sure they're going to get around to it really, really soon is you can't, I don't think you can add video yet. You can add all the photos you want and links, but I don't think you can directly, you know, drop on a video. But knowing HoneyBook and how fast they're, you know, updating and coming out new features, I mean, I would imagine they're probably working on it right now. I'm going to tell you what I really love about HoneyBook is the ability to, like, grab a second shooter, right? I like I like going on their community and say, hey, I need a second shooter for this. And I was able to just find a lot of people. 
to send over. One proposal. thing you might want to consider too, just to give a heads up here, um, to kind of give back since Austin was like so nice and generous with that info. Um, I typically like for our proposals, we use Adobe Spark. I'm, and I'm, that will allow you, and because I think, Tim, you and I had this discussion recently when we were talking, I think, last week, whether or not you can implement, because we, when we've done our proposals, we never included um, video. It's always just been like, you know, just still pics. But there is an option that you can actually put in a video, and I think it can be like a, a link to YouTube or whatever the case is. So when, and, and Tim, dude, just like drop some, like some, some sweet, sweet knowledge on this. Like, one of the things you were talking about, Ty, uh, that you're bringing up, like, say, for instance, hey, look, you know, how does a teleprompter work or how will a teleprompter, you know, benefit me and blah, 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 blah. If that's something that might be integral in that proposal, you can just, boom, drop that. Uh, but I think the way Tim was putting it is like, hey, look, if you want to use, like, something as an example um, to say, hey, we've done this style of video for another client, the one that you're asking us to do for you, we've done a brand message video or a testimonial. Here's what this looks like for customers A, B, and C that we've worked with in the past. And boom, you can just drop that right there in that proposal that you're giving them. And it was like, I looked at that as I do, that is like such a game changer on this. Such a game changer. So look at that. If you don't already have uh, the Creative Cloud Suite or Adobe um, subscription, uh, it's Adobe Spark is so easy to use if you want to use that as an alternative for, uh, for like putting together proposals and stuff. Um, Stingray asked a question. He said, off topic, um, but what does everyone use? And I got you right here, so I guess I can just go back and read. Uh, what does everyone use to do their research on their ideal target audience? For instance, where do you find information as to where they frequently go, websites they, they visit, etc.? I like to sit outside their house at night, um, and, you know, I take my van, and I just park on the corner, and I just take my uh, 70 to 200, and I just film. I just film and that's what I do. <laughs> no, I'm out, man. I'm, uh, I'm getting my gear and heading out. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my? Uh, I got a graphic that support that. Boom. Okay, so yeah, um, we typically don't do that. Uh, there's a lot of places. Once you got to really, really nail down who your target audience is, I didn't. I didn't want to post that, but um, once you got it, you got to nail down who your target audience is um, and kind of get a feel for who. You, I mean, you got to be as specific as possible. Um, like I've learned that the average dentist age and I Google, you know, working with dentists, what is the average dentist age? It's like 67. Right. Then I started looking at magazines that dentists, where are they getting their news from? A lot of my, uh, beta clients will tell me, Hey, it was a magazine. I forgot the name of it. Dent- Dental something that they all subscribe to. Um, and throughout that magazine, I just learned a lot about my target audience. Like, you know, what, what type of cars they prefer or, you know, what do they prefer to eat? Um, from there, you will you will kind of get a better understanding. But with beta clients, I just ask them straight up, like, you know, what do you do on Saturdays when you're not here? You know, why are you only open three days a week? Or what made you consider adding more dentists to this practice compared to not doing it? So those are things, those are things that I'm literally asking. And then that's why it's important to have three different beta clients that aren't too similar. Um, I usually do high end, middle, and then, you know, a little lower, um, and then kind of compile my information. Tim, Tim, you were going, you were going to say something about your, your stalking, uh, ability online. Yeah. Yeah. So very, very similar. You know, we have a group of people that go out and, and do, I'm just kidding. We don't, we don't do that. We don't stalk nobody. Not, uh, in that way, I should say. 
<laughs> but um, no, the the big thing is so like we actually have what we call uh, scary good targeting. So it's an entire framework that we use and we fill it in. Um, it's something we are going to be talking about um, and a few other things. But essentially, like the big things that we look at and are like a few things on that worksheet is I look at like what are things that they are normally doing, right? Like what kind of tools would they use, right? Like obviously DeWalt's, you know, whatever they're using, Porter Cables, I don't know. There's all kinds of brands and things out there, right? What are the tools that they're using? What type of um, vehicles do they normally drive, right? Um, we look at a whole bunch of stuff, right? Like what, what are probably TV shows that they watch a lot of? Is that probably HGTV if they're doing construction work? Is that, you know, XYZ? That, that's really the big thing. There's, there's a lot of things to look at. Um, in that, and to me, one of the best things that you can do is like, even if you're doing Google, you're doing any of that stuff, like Google has its keyword planner tool, but what I actually like to do, and I believe we talk about it in our free, uh, beginner's guide to Facebook ads on our channel is go into Facebook and go and just look through the different interests that are on there, because that'll give you a good idea of who you can actually target in advertising because Facebook collects way more data than me, you, any of us can ever really collect. And you can go in there and you can maybe look based on specific job titles. You can look at, um, I would look at specific colleges or trade schools that people go to, right? And those kind of things, because if somebody went to a trade school, a specific trade school, they're probably in your market, right? Um, that's what I would do is, is just go and deep dive into some of that and get on a few of the other platforms, right? Like get onto Pinterest. They all give you the ability to do interest-based targeting. And based on what you can find, if you can find it in those ad platforms, that's who you should be going after and the information you should be using. Because once you start going and doing ads, you already know you can target those things. And even if it's not in Facebook, even if it's in Google, they're probably going to share very similar interests because realistically, they're all mainly getting uh, their data from Oracle. Oracle's the largest data collection company out there. But I would even look at the same thing. Like, do they use credit cards? Do they use debit cards? Are they, if they use credit cards, what credit card companies are they using? <laughs> you know, all those things are just going to help you really deep dive into that. Like I said, I, I can spend, I don't know, probably six years just talking about all the ways you can go out and find that data and that research. But that's where I would start um, for sure. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's it's information is key. Information is key, especially when you're, you know, especially when you're working with, within your niche. Um, but keep keep drilling those beta clients too, man. Keep Keep working them. And that's why the relationship is so important. People think, you know, I'll just go there and get footage. Screw the footage, man. I want the, I want the relationship. I want to understand how they think, why they think, what they think. And then I can build my brand around it to be more successful. So um, that's something that you got to keep in mind as you grow this thing. Because once you get good, at, once you get better at it, you'll see a lot of things change. Your, your, your ability to close more sales, your ability to be more efficient with marketing, your ability to be more efficient in how you shoot, why you shoot, what you shoot. Um, and you'll be able to develop a product that is just easy. You know, McDonald's have developed a cheeseburger that's just easy. You know, they it's consistent everywhere. It's the same amount of onions, the same amount of 
pickles, the same amount of ketchup for every burger. They get it. They know what people like, and it's just easy. So they're able to just quickly make it for everybody and be consistent. So that's something that, you, you know, something to think about um, as you gather that information. While we're on it, any other any other upsell um, questions by anybody either watching via chat or that's a part of the show? Hey, Ty. Yo. So um, on your upsell, does it go by a percentage base? I mean, how do, I, I know you always say pricing is due to area and stuff like that, competition and whatnot. But so how do you do it? Do you go by a percentage or, or how does it work out? So um, the only place where I do an upsell percentage is usually within exped- expediting it. Um, when I, I do a flat rate for um, teleprompter or it's a flat rate for just about everything. Um, and it's per day. So if we're doing teleprompter, it's per day. Reason I do that is because it may, let's say we got a two day shoot. It may allow me to say, Hey, first day we're doing all talking heads. Second day we're doing all B roll. So everything that I upsell, if we're doing drone for two days, guess what? To fly a drone, you need to have a pilot. You need to have someone that can sit there and view you know everything that's going on so that i gotta pay that person for a second day um so everything is usually broken down at a flat rate per day okay that's how i usually do it if you're gonna do two outfits cool it's gonna be a flat rate per outfit three outfits a flat rate per outfit that that's what i do now um and and the reason why it's so great to build these blocks because let's say i get a client and they pick a base rate video production shoot hypothetically and then they add three things on it that are upsells now that overall price if they want to if they decide to do a subscription-based service i can offer a discount to that or i can say hey if you sign up and do three months free we can throw in a teleprompter or we can throw in a certain dollar amount of things um to help close the sale because remember upsells in, in most cases are almost pure profit depending on what you do I mean, everything should Correct. be of profit, but an upsell should be more profit. Upsell should be a big a big item for you um, as far as profit. Go for it, because, because oh, go ahead. You know what happens with me is um, I do editing on all my pictures, and I heard you earlier say, "Well, you know, skin softening and and, and such things and that and that sort." But I'm always doing editing, so I yeah. think now I'm going to start. You know, you're missing money, um, man. Charging for that. Because it's not your fault people are ugly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not your fault they got... Yo, this is a serious conversation. <laughs> <laughs> not... I mean, it's not your fault people show up with wrinkles and... I mean, you know what I'm saying? That's, that should be an upsell. I'm taking a picture of, of what's being pre- you know presented to me. I am going to make sure the color is accurate, the exposure is fine, the composition is great. Anything outside of that, I'm upselling. This, you right. can't get mad at me if your teeth not as white as you want them to be. Them your teeth. You know what I'm saying? Like, as shady as it may sound, it's real. Them your teeth. You knew you were taking pictures today. I, I literally had somebody who just showed up a train wreck. And I'm like, you knew you were taking pictures today. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what you want me to do? Like, I, you know... I, I'm not going to sit here and air, spend eight hours airbrushing everything when you knew what you presented. It's not up to me to, you know, so I'm going to have to charge you to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, 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 it is so crazy now. I mean, uh, like you hit me up to uh, 
uh, Portrait Pro and, and all that stuff. I'm going to tell you guys another one that, that's phenomenal. Uh, yeah. Luminar. Luminar AI yes. and Luminar 4. Unbelievable, man. Yes. I don't know if you guys have tried it, but it's unbelievable. It makes your job a lot easier. Man, it makes it a processing is nothing, man. Nothing. Click, 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 done. It's all sliders. Yep. You know? I've gotten rid of my Wacom tablet because of that. Yeah. I got one that's collecting dust right now. Yeah. Yeah. So just letting you guys know. But that that's because I do like I said, I do editing on all the pictures. I'm gonna start Changing that whole that thing should be an upsell. You thinning wrinkles, and they knew they they knew that's what they you know what I'm saying like that's like you bringing your car in for a car wash and we repaint it. Like nah, you knew <laughs> that dent was there when you wanted to wash it. We just clean the dent good. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to be you you're putting in more time and effort. And I know the artist side of me wants the image to look its absolute yeah. best. The business side of me wants to make the most profit possible and. The client has to determine what they want. You know, I this is what we can do. I give examples in my um headshot uh proposal. I have examples of, you know, we we're doing teeth whitening and not and we add makeup and I have I have examples of that. And you'd be surprised that we'd have uh I've done headshots where we we took pictures of like 50 people. And let's just say for numbers um you know, it was a hundred dollars a head. Well, we do face. We we can clean up the face and things like that, but it's twenty five extra dollars. I mean, you're adding twenty five dollars times fifty on something that takes you two three clicks. It adds another minute and a half to editing images. And congratulations, right. you've just added twenty five percent more to your your ticket. And right. it, and and it was the business was mostly men. It wasn't even, you know, it wasn't even like women that was worried about it. So. Now I just added, you know, a a car note and a half. Or I just I just I just eliminated two bills in my life simply by knowing to charge more where I should be charging more. This is when we do pictures. This I'm just I'm my job is not to enhance what you present. My job is to properly light it, make sure that it's sharp and in focus, make sure that the composition is there and the colors are accurate. Sir, your teeth are that yellow. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I know you don't like it. We can fix it. But this is what you presented. Now, 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 question. So now if you take that to a, a beta client, should you give them a before and after photo? So this I can do. This, this is the original picture. And I'm going to show you what I can do. And at different tiers, you can do like a basic editing, which which like Photoshop has their basic editing. Mm-hmm. Then you can say, okay, I'm going to take it to Portrait Pro and I can do this. I can do hair, makeup. I can do all kinds of different things. I like, you know, intensifying. So and then you can take it to Luminar and do all different things. So ahead, I, I wouldn't name the, the, the programs that you're using. And I'm going to let Tim jump in a minute because Tim made a great point in naming it something unique. This is our Hollywood level headshot. Where we thin wrinkles, brighten eyes, with sharpen lips. This is our indie film level. I would create different levels to it, and then have it the okay. same picture, and then have different examples. And and back at the house, I know that the top picture we use Luminar Portrait Pro every, and the bottom picture we just you know what I'm saying they don't they don't care about how you get there, but I would right. come up with the levels you know that I would name something different. And let them choose and have an example of all of them next to them. And let them choose what it is. 
and okay. and that's how I would do it. Tim, I know you wanted to say something. I'll let you jump in real quick. Yeah. And if you're working with a beta client, the best thing that I think that you can do is ask them, like, how much more would this be worth if, like, we, like, here's the picture that we had, here's the one that's touched up. How much more is this picture worth to you versus this one? I know this right. is the one that we delivered to you, and this is what you, quote unquote, paid for. But if we went and did this, how much is this worth to you? Of course, if they lowball you, don't just take that price. My thing is with your upsells, you should always be like anytime that you send something out, add an extra dollar to it, add an extra 5% to it because you'll start to see like, it's just like anything. There's always a bell curve, right? You're going to keep going and keep going until you start to see less people take that. That's how I always look at pricing is like, you know, just keep adding on to it because you'll never really know. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's why like with a teleprompter, if you're thinking about teleprompters, charge exactly what it costs you to buy a teleprompter. And if somebody buys it and checks the box and you don't have it, now you can go and Amazon one day ship it to yourself because they just right. paid for it. I, and now everybody that goes after it's pure profit. And then you can up it from there if you need to. I literally got a majority of my, I stopped buying stuff just in case and started only buying stuff when I got deposits for it. That's how I started buying all my gear. And then you got to think about it like this, depending on what your niche is, right? If you're doing headshots for somebody in the healthcare, they may spend a whole lot more money to look healthier than the lead mechanic at Midas for his headshot. He probably don't care. He's like, I don't, you know, so, but a, a doctor Upsell may say a little I, bit oilier face, right? He may want to grime on his face. <laughs> he may want to look upsell him that that's what I would upsell it. But, but, Somebody in healthcare may want to spend more to have their teeth brighter, to have their skin better, to have their, you know, teeth whitening for sure. Just just like just like you said, teeth whitening is I sell it all and I just break it down into prices. It's something that you definitely want to start up selling. Cause like I said, the artist in you will want it to be its best, but they're not paying for that. I mean, that's like if you work for Apple. You want everybody to have a super MacBook Pro with 26 cores and two terabyte hard. Yeah. But the truth is, if they're not paying for it, I'm not giving it to you. Bro, that's my problem. And my wife gets on me on, on that all the time. Yeah. Like I want to deliver my A game every time I work with a client because, you know, I, I want them to know that we deliver excellence, bottom line. And for me to say, no, I'm not going to do this part. I'm not going to go a little above and beyond. I'm not going to go extra. It, it, it It's hard for me to process that. She's like, look, right. Yeah, that's not yeah. what they paid for. They didn't pay for I that. I agree with you, Ronnie. I agree with you 100%. <laughs> it's tough. Think about it's it like tough. this. McDonald's, yeah, so how do you guys deal with that? McDonald's provide excellence on their dollar menu, don't they? It's excellence at every level. It don't have to be the top thing. Provide the best dollar cheeseburger you can provide within that dollar. Again, don't don't let the business don't let the art side outweigh the business side. We're in this to make money. This is about business. Yes. It's about That's business. Great. It's not don't, you know, I tell don't take it personal, it's just business. So the profit is king. But right now. You want to make sure that at that level cuz you got to leave some room. Think about it. If a client get a $500 video for you and you kill it, why would they come back and get How can you upsell them to a $1000 video? When I go get donuts and I ask for six and a lady put eight in there, I'll never order six again. I just start ordering four. 
because I know she's gonna put two more in there. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just it, it, you you really hurting yourself. You want to offer dollar menu like dollar menu excellence, but don't overdo it. Where a customer will all, will get less next time. Like everybody else is just doing like bare bone minimum or not even that, and and that's the problem. It's like that's not how we operate. Go, Tim, go ahead, please, Tim, go ahead. So real quick before you jump in, find other ways to offer excellence. Offer excellence in your customer service. Offer excellence in your sales process and going through it with the client and walking them through it. Offer excellence in helping them upgrade it. Don't offer excellence in the area where you make profit. You know what I'm saying? When you go into Golden Corral, they don't put out more food. They don't put out, you know, 30 new dishes. They just find a ways to make your stay at Golden Corral better by giving you better silverware. or They find a way to, to give you more without giving you the bread and butter. Hmm. You know, real quick, because I, I know Austin had his hand up first, so I'm going to let you jump in, bro. Yeah, I was just going to throw a quick thing out there. Um, me and Tim talked about it, but I know we're talking a lot about, you know, on location or, or you know, extra actual technical things to use as a, um, an upsell. But one thing that's been huge is upselling the steps to take after I receive the video. So I created a couple of videos um, that walk them through a short little, hey, you got, we got your video done. Um, you know, that's great. But we don't want to leave you just a link. If you follow this walkthrough, this is how you set up a YouTube channel. Because a lot of the clients I work with need video, but they don't really have the crazy website set up yet. They don't have a lot of the things set up to, to maximize the opportunity with that video. So... I've created a thing where they can pay an extra fee and then get access. Just kind of like a course, honestly, but then they can get access to, you know, how to put it on your Squarespace website, how to activate a YouTube channel and put it on there, how to do this, how to do that. But it's such an easy thing to do it once. You know, we get, our, we all have our little studios and our camera setups that we like to play with anyway. Get your setting right record a video on how to do it and you can use that as a product to sell i mean it's it's literally what ty uses and tim uses and and it's just another way of thinking about it of you know once they get their video then they have something they can look back on and help them out past that point if that makes sense <laughs> it makes a lot of sense go for it tim yeah it's really what austin's saying is what we we call pinch products is is what we call them but the the big thing with what you're talking about there uh rodney is my thing is the only time that i will go maybe above and beyond to fix something or do whatever is if i messed up on something on shoot day yep. if we mess something up and we i'm like dang maybe that thing back there wasn't that great maybe we need to like crop it out and replace it with something else or change this, or maybe, you know, that's the only time that I do that. But I think the big key thing is setting the right expectation with the client and letting them know, Hey, a $500 video looks like this. This is what you get because a lot of the times, and I know Ty's talked about this is when you go in there and you're like, you know, what's your budget? Oh, it's $3,000. You just come up with whatever that is. And you don't have it as a product right. because once you productize, you know exactly what a $500 video is versus a thousand dollar video. And you have to set those expectations. And that's why bringing the stuff to the client and being like, this is what a $500 video looks like. This is what a thousand dollar video looks like. And they know those expectations, right? It's like, you know, when you go to McDonald's and you buy 
a dollar cheeseburger, you know what the expectations are. They show you a picture of it versus a Big Mac. You know what those expectations are. You're not, you know, paying a Big Mac price and getting a dollar cheeseburger. And you're not paying a dollar cheeseburger price and getting a Big Mac. You know that. And I think that's one of the biggest pitfalls to not understanding productization <laughs> is that if you're just trying to do it off the cuff and you're like, well, we can do this and this and all this, whatever, and you don't know that, you're probably to a degree giving somebody some, like way more that they would have gladly paid you way more later on for, but now you're essentially pigeonholing yourself on that price because now they're going to expect every single video, whatever. Now, don't get me wrong, like a beta client and a client that you want to impress that's going to bring you a lot more money since they're, you know, you're still working on pricing, you're still doing that. Yes, I think you want to essentially try to, to a degree over deliver, but you want to make sure that, okay, like if this is what I'm delivering because I've now productized it, how much is this worth? Originally, I thought this was maybe a $500 video, but actually it's a $1,500 video. You need to know those things. That way, when you actually go out and you sell it, people understand why it's $1,500. You're setting that expectation of this is a $1,500 video. This is what a $500 video could look like. Or you could just simply say, we don't do $500 videos. Like our minimum is $1,500. This is the, the minimum that you're going to be spending. And, right? it, and it needs to be a it's, clear difference. Yes. It's a there clear needs to be, difference. You know, just like anything, they should be able to look at them side by side and say, okay, I understand why this one is 1500 and I understand why this one is 500 or a thousand, or I understand now why this one is 5,500, right? I understand those things. And I think that that's the big thing is not setting those clear expectations or trying to leave it up to the consumer to figure out why they're different. And to me, if you're doing that, you're really, you're really going to miss the mark. And that's why you'll have one client that's a hundred percent happy with something. And then you deliver the same exact thing to somebody else and they're not happy with it. Nope. It's because you haven't productized enough and you haven't set clear enough expectations on how and what that product is going to look like once it's delivered. So hopefully that, that gives you, hopefully that makes it a little bit clearer. No, it does. It does. And I, and I know I got to get back to the lab again and uh, dive deeper into that module too. Uh, and Ty, okay. you, you can go in the back office and check and see how far I've gotten on that if you want to. So <laughs> I'm, at the, I'm at the look and see. I mean, those are things that we, we as artists want to satisfy our client. We as artists want people to be like, man, this is the best I ever. We want that. But as business minded individuals or business owners, we have to set the bar we can't blur it between what our lowest item is, what our best item is. Um, great example of this is car companies. There's a big difference between, you know, whatever Chevy's lowest vehicle is and their Corvette, right? They both get you from point A to point B. There's there's motor differences. There's comfort differences. There's technology differences. You can't blur the line. Um, so let me... Let me can I just interject real quick? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Because I think I just had that epiphany. So 
All right. So because I think somebody even asked in here too, like, what is the difference? Uh, I think it was Vision Ignited. Like, how do you identify between like a eleven or five hundred dollar and a two thousand dollar video? So let's say that we go in and we're going to do like some talking heads, some interview stuff uh, on corporate level. Uh, we go in uh, basic, bottom line, bare bone minimum. We go in no backdrop. We just go ahead and use whatever interior is there. We do a one camera angle and you do talking head and you get asked questions and boom, boom, boom. We tweak audio. We color balance, but we don't color grade. Okay, so you guys are right? We clean up audio and all that stuff, and boom, we deliver it. We step it up another level. We might go in with two angles or two angles with a second camera or a third camera on a slider. Then we also have a backdrop. We take it up another level. We might also add B-roll. We take it up another level. We might start doing drone work. And so that's where you guys are getting at. Okay. Let's see, I'm trying to bring the whole kit and caboodle. It's like, look. So, so we're gonna bring it like so yes and no. You can you can um I'll take a look at out on the super chat by the way before I go move forward, but you can it can be a difference in lighting, right? You could sell a difference in just pure lighting. We're this is cinematic lighting, this is news anchor, here go a big square panel in your face light. And this is a cinematic lighting. And I mean, I can show you the difference in that and why clients may want that. Like it's so many things that you're, you you know, you're showing up just killing it. And it's so many, like you're just throwing everything out with the, with the baby. You're throwing everything over the boat with the, you know what I'm saying? Instead of saying, but, and, and a lot of it is because we often don't have examples of before and after to help the client to make that decision. We're trying to convince the client to even work with us. So we're just showing up trying to kill it. You you know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's why brands typically have so many different levels of what they sell. It's not just a one size fit all going back to McDonald's. They got hamburgers, cheeseburgers, double cheeseburgers, quarter pounders, big Macs, super. They got so many things to give people just a variety so they can fall where they want to fall within that chart. And they're not just paying anything and getting the best. Go for it, Tim. Yeah, and that's really like like what you're talking about is like, right, like, you know that if you get a double cheeseburger or a triple cheeseburger, the patties, all those are the exact same. Like, that's where an upsell comes, right? And you know, like, this is our basic structure, pre- like, package, right? We know like if we're going to go and do an interview, this is the base pricing on that. We know exactly what this is. We know all the things that are in there. And then those upsells just need to be like, okay, if somebody gets a teleprompter, we just add that on. That's the, the, the third patty on that. Nothing else in there changes. We just know that. And then the same thing, like, you know, a, a quarter pounder patty is a little bit different right? Maybe that's a little bit more cinematic. We know it's a little bit different, but if you get a double, we just add on that second one and we know exactly what we need. And that's where a lot of your SOPs, your standard operating procedures come in. Because when you decide to start scaling your business and you want to hire on maybe an entire other person to go out and shoot and you can't be there, right? Some you are going to have to get comfortable letting go. Yep. But when that comes, if you have that set up, right, you can, you should be able to hand them a document and they should be able to look through it, have examples of exactly what that's going to look like. And they should be able to go out and deliver that exact same thing. 
that's where you start getting a lot more scale. But the thing is, if you never spend the time to think like, okay, when I go on set, what are the lights that I used? What was the camera angle? What were those exact questions, right? Like, because that's the thing is like, you don't want to just go and ask any old random question. You want to work with your client and try to come up with predetermined questions because some of them have no earthly idea, but you want to be able to deliver the exact same thing every single time as best as you can. And once you get there, that's really where you're going to be able to go and start scaling, hiring on other people. And really, it's just going to make you more efficient because you can pull out that SOP and be like, well, we only need this light. We only need this camera. We only need this lens. We only need this. I only am taking the bare minimum equipment I need to deliver on that product. I may take a few extra things just in the event that something happens, camera dies, light dies, you know, C-stand flies out the back of the truck. I don't know, (laughs) right? You have those extra things, but you're not taking a whole gob of stuff. You're not wasting more gas in your vehicle because your vehicle's heavier now, right? These are all things that people don't think about, right? You're not putting as much wear and tear, which is ending up costing you more money on the long term. You're not doing any of those things. You're being as efficient as possible. And that's how companies, like I said, like McDonald's, right? And then to a degree, they already have machines that are like push large Coke and it measures it out. It does all of that stuff and it's repeatable. And you can start making things quicker, faster, and cheaper for you because you know the secrets of getting those things quicker and faster. But you're not going to get there if you just show up and you're like, well, we're shooting a talking head. I don't know. Here's like 10 questions I printed out on. I looked up on Google on the way there that are completely different than the last client we did. That's not going to help you in the long term. Even if you go to McDonald's, they they don't even let the people in the back of house put fries in the the dropper no more. It, It automatically dumps the amount. They put it in, press the button. It cooks it automatically. So it's the same kind of fry every time. That's why you don't get a lot of burnt fries from McDonald's. You get the same fry from from five billion locations. It's the same fry, same amount of salt. It's so, and that's what made McDonald's. If you watched, you watched the movie about the, yeah. what made them blow up was was yep. their ability to create that assembly line. That process. That yep. process. Sales. That's why. And that's why processes are so important. And companies buy companies just for their systems and processes. No, and this is, I I mean, I know we've talked about it, like, here in the group, and then also with the missus, we've talked about it. Uh, I've been starting to kind of, like, starting to document some things as far as processes, you know, to kind of, like, literally put a video here. Okay, so this is what I'm doing right now to go through and do X, Y, and Z. Here's how we onboard a client. Here's how we do blah, blah, blah. But now that added, that added, okay, that added tier. She's she's working right now. That added tier of look start packaging things right you don't need to deliver like your a game to every single person let me rephrase that you don't need to deliver spielberg to every single person right you can get away with doing you know whoever right you can still deliver a great product but just it doesn't need to be a million dollar product you can still deliver a thousand dollar product and the customer will be happy with it yep. and it still be quality so that thank you guys thank you plus leave some room for them to grow right that let me tell you i'm gonna get you to tell me, let me tell you again this is a company i love using because they're number one in the world for a reason it's mcdonald's they give you that happy meal they leave you some room to grow into a big mac they leave you some room to grow into that double 
whatever they 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 start off small with nuggets and and kids and toys and they just they get you when you're young and you probably you probably don't think about it but if you look back over your life you've probably spent twenty thirty thousand dollars at mcdonald's in your lifetime their average customer is probably worth twenty thousand dollars that's outrageous what other restaurant are you spending twenty thousand dollars in like what other that's a house almost in your life that's a car in your lifetime like that's a lot so they are starting you young and they're just grooming you and just growing you to come on you know there's companies that can't do that like i was talking about harley davidson they're suffering right now because they have no appeal to people born before 1960 they're just having a hard time making young people think that they're cool and they're dying off because of that. We all know about Harley Davidson. Everybody here has heard of a Harley Davidson. Nobody or very few have been like, you know what? I really want a Harley. I ride and I never, and Harley wasn't my first choice. So they just, they're having a hard time appealing to a younger brand. Um, there's a company I work with that that developed a brand to do that. And then they determined that this it was not the case, which was Toyota. I work with Scion. They developed Scion. Because people, younger people were saying Toyota's not cool. So they put Scion in place until they can develop Toyota to be a cooler brand for younger people. Until they invested in the Corolla and made the, the, the Toyota Camry cool. Toyota Camry was a brick. Now it's sporty as I don't know what. It looks fast. It looked like something somebody in their 20s would drive. And the Corolla as well. Why do you think the Honda Civic looks so sporty for it not to be a sport car? Because that's what the young kids like. They want to do that. They invest money in, comp in in movies and sponsor movies like Fast and the Furious and try to get their product in front of all the young people. They try to get Beats headsets on everybody they can just so you can see them. All the athletes got them, you know, so they, they're they're trying to you, you got to have you got to think about your brand or think of your brand like that. I know you want to say something. Go ahead, bro. Yeah. And the, the, the big thing, even like what you were talking about, I mean, even if you look at like, I, one of my favorite examples is Jack in the box. Like they came out with their munchy meals that are only late night meals. Who do you think that's appealing to? Like, <laughs> you know, they only serve them. I think they start at like 9 PM to like 2 AM is the only time you can buy those specific items and you can do that stuff. And I think the other really big thing that I think it took me a little bit of time to realize is like what you think is perfect and good is not what a customer will think is perfect and good. There are times that I've done some stuff and they're like, man, this is like the best thing ever. And I'm like, I, I didn't feel like it was the best thing that I ever produced, but to them it was the best thing. And that's really what I think the big shift needs to be is like, what is good enough for your client? Right. Because like for us, it may just be good enough, but it may be excellent for them. Right. Like the $500 video, that may be the best $500 video that they've ever bought. It may not be the best video you've ever produced, but it doesn't need to be the best video you've ever produced. It should be the best video you can produce and be profitable for $500. Yeah. I, I've been in situations where I have produced some really good content for clients on some of my worst shooting days for me personally, for me personally, like, ah, I'm just not, you know, and they were just blown away. They were just blown away. And I had to get out of the mindset of trying to 
trying to get it to my standard and get into the mindset of understanding what what products we have and pro- and providing those products to the client standard. And that standard is is not determined by what they say, it's really determined on what they pay. Because if they really wanted the highest quality, they would have paid for it. But I got to make sure it's a clear difference between that or they will never grow or feel the need to go that route. Go for it, bro. So, and you kind of like literally just hit on what I was thinking now. So bottom line is this. Everybody deserves a clean, working, functioning vehicle that passes, you know, whatever, you know, 170 point test. Everybody deserves that. You drive the car off the lot, you you deserve to have it run. It should not be a lemon. It should be a full tank of gas, tire pressure where it needs to be. But at the same time, not everybody can afford to drive that Bentley off the lot. Not everybody can afford to drive that McLaren F1 off the lot. If you drive a Chevy Volt, that's cool. That's the price you pay, and that's what you get, and it's still going to be good. But if somebody's driving a Phantom, that that they <laughs> they're going to pay for it, and they're going to get that quality for that Phantom. Really, so that's what you get. Yes and no. Really, when you get when you start going Phantom and Bentley, a majority of those sales, a majority of people who buy them. Buy it just to say I can and no, you can't. Just, just like your client, your client is gonna go all out on a video with you. If you did a video for their competitor, they're gonna be like, I want a better video than that. What did they pay? Double it. Just, just, the, just the flex on their, just the flex on their competitor. Okay. And that's just, but if they know, if you're telling them I can beat your competitor's video at this price. Uh, uh-uh. don't do that, right? Don't do it. You're in business to be in business. You're not. You're not in business to give everybody the best videos possible. You're in business to be in business. You have to itemize those things. You have to make those upsells. Cause you. Cause the only person you're hurting is you. The only person you hurting is you. The only person who can't upsize, supersize their value meal now is you. Cause you supersizing somebody else's video, you can't supersize your your fries. So you got to keep that in mind. And it, it it's because we're 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 born to be consumers. We think about it from the customers. We think about it in their in their shoes. Of I'm spending this five hundred dollars. I want the best video I can get for this five hundred dollars. I'm gonna get you what you can afford for five hundred. But we need to, you know. We, we want to show you that there's a next level. And when you get a thousand, we're going to create the next level for you. But today we're going to do it at this rate. Most people who buy MacBook Pro started with a MacBook. Most people who buy Mac desktop started with an iMac. Like there is a ecosystem for a reason. And companies create ecosystems on purpose to get you to be a part of that ecosystem. When you buy a, a, a iPhone, they know you're going to probably get an Apple TV. They know you're going to probably get a MacBook. They create these ecosystems. And that wait, look look at a great example in the camera industry is Blackmagic. Look at what they give away for $1,200. 4K, the Blackmagic Pocket Cinema camera was to get you on DaVinci Resolve. And you get on DaVinci Resolve and now you order in a, 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 a editing, I mean a color deck. Now you get a business with a company and they got to redo their whole, they got a, a million dollar budget to redo everything. You screaming black magic. 
they know that ecosystems are important. So create, look at your business like that. If I can get you in the door and you spend 500 and I can knock it out the park, you're going to be like, man, what am I going to get for, for 2000 And now I got 2500 off you because you bought the 500 You came back and bought the 2000 You're going to buy the 3000 You know what I'm saying? Instead of me just getting one thing from you, I've, I got you multiple times. Apple, you don't buy it. Nobody owns just one Apple of anything. You're either on your second or third iPhone. You got the iPads. You got Apple Watch. You got all kind of stuff. They create an ecosystem. Do that with your pricing. Go ahead, Tim. Yeah, that's really where your sales funnels, your sales process, and your value ladders come in. Now, if you guys don't know any of like some technical terms, but like, you know, like a, a value ladder is pretty much like a pyramid. At your very top of the pyramid is your most expensive thing that's going to take you the longest amount of time and you're going to put in the most effort, but it's because it's going to make you the most. And maybe only 1% of your customer base is ever actually going to be there. But then as you go down, more customers, and it's essentially less money that they're going to spend with you, right? And at the very bottom is the biggest chunk of it because that's where the majority of people are going to come in. But the thing is, it's like a ladder, you know, they start on one rung and they can continue to climb the rungs as far as they need to go and as far as they feel comfortable climbing when they need to get there. And that's how your pricing and your everything needs to be structured. But you got to give them the ability to climb that ladder. If you got two steps on your ladder, you just hurting yourself. You got to give them 50 options and let them go do what they're going to do. McDonald's don't say we just got a cheeseburger a fry and a shake. They do variety because you'll come in there and go crazy. And I'm going to let you go crazy. The more stuff I got, the more stuff you can buy. You know, that's why companies like Walmart are, are outperforming specialty shops, right? They're outperforming. Back in the day, you probably had a, you know, a place that just did clothes, a place that just sold dairy, a place that just sold meat. For what? If you in there looking for meat, you may want to buy the grill too. I'm going to sell it to you. The butcher couldn't do that. The butcher could only sell you meat. Walmart can sell you the meat, the seasoning, the plates, the drinks, the grill, the picnic table, the pesticides to keep the mosquito. They can sell you everything. The grass seed, they can sell you. can leave there with a whole A to Z of your idea of what that barbecue or picnic should be like. Why would they, you know what I'm saying? Why am I going to just get some of the money when I can get it all? So... You know, do that for your niche. Go for it, Rodney. So here's here, here's something you've said a, a few times, right? How people, and I mean like videographers have said, you know, well, you know, um, you, you're going to have to pay for my red camera and you're going to have to do this, you're going to have to do that and blah, blah, blah. If I'm, I'm going to get an Edelchrome slider or one for right now. I see what you guys are saying now, how that could actually work. Yeah. In the sense that if you're going with, you know, say like your your, your base grade video for your 500, right? I'm just, you know, grab a DSLR, whatever, you know, do what do what I got to do. Mid grade, it might go mirrorless, might go like a C100 camera, you know. But then if I'm doing that upper echelon work, right, and I'm doing some work for Beyonce or President Obama or something, I'm breaking out the red, I'm breaking out the Black Magic Ursa or something like that, and they're paying for that full on production. That's where that would be appropriate to be able to do that. So that, and that goes all the way back to what you guys said as far as delivering the best game you have 
on that level for that level. So if, even with the cameras, yes and no, right? I'm going to tell you where, where, because the camera, if you don't know how to shoot, a right, red is right. just going to be just as trash as, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it may be the same camera on every level. It just may be, it may be about the work, the amount of effort I put into capturing that shot. I may light it better for a higher, you know what I'm saying? For me, I, when I, when I get a client, I'm determining what level of lighting I may want to light the mess out of. I may bring an eye lighter. I may do a, a better hair light. I may do a softer soft box. I may ha bring out a lens with a shallower depth of field and use the ND filter to get that real bokeh background. I may work harder for a client that's spending more to produce a better shot. I don't even got to change cameras. My 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 A7S three alone shoots in three different formats for the same 4K. I can lower the bit rate if you spending, you know, what I'm saying two hundred dollars compared to if you spending eight hundred dollars because with one with a higher bit rate, I gotta have more hard drive space, more computing power. Like I don't even have to go all out with a different camera. It can be within the same body, and I'm just doing more to provide a better image. So don't don't think you need to own cameras that you fill are on different levels. No, just saying, like, if that was something in your repertoire, but Correct. I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've even said, you know, on a few occasions that you'll have, you know, folks that can get a red in their hand, get a Komodo in their hand, and can't do squat with it, but yeah. you can dance and run circles around it with an iPhone. Yep. It's about utilizing the best and every ounce of what you've already got and getting everything out of it. Oh, sure, see. But yeah. And you gotta offer, got to offer, just make sure you, you are packaging it in layers. And you're not just, you know, you're a throttle, you're not a switch. Be a throttle, like go down and be offer different speed limits. Don't just be like f everything, nothing, everything, nothing. Like you ever roll with somebody that did this all day and you like, bro, like, so that's, that's how you got to package it. Go for it. Tell me how you had your hand up. Yeah, no. And just to, to go on that, like to me, anytime that we've done bigger commercial shoots, really the thing that the reason why it's more is because we're really just getting more crew. Like, yep. I don't know how many commercials we've shot in like, you know, thousands, like high thousand dollars commercials that are still just shot on like a Panasonic GH4. Like to me, like better lighting, better location, better actors, more crew. Like if we need a crew of like 15 people, I would much rather spend the money on telling them, hey, we need an actual crew, then let's get a red camera that in the end of the day, it's going to be played on YouTube that somebody's going to watch on their phone, or it's going to be a Facebook ad that if you watch it in 4k it doesn't really matter like and that's the thing is is i can take a panasonic gh4 but with a crew of 15 people and you know a million dollar grip truck that we're running we can make something that that client has probably never seen before and it wasn't even shot on a red camera or an re or a whatever like i've been on sets with reds re's all that kind of stuff and to me i'm like we could shoot the exact same thing with less like to me camera cameras in my opinion to a degree the last thing unless it's industry specific right, right. if they're like we want a documentary that we're going to pitch to netflix then you do have to have a standard and that's where that extra price would come in and we would have to educate them probably on that of like okay like here are the standards here's how much it's going to cost to just meet those standards now, if we want to go above that for, you know, X, Y, Z purposes, then you go back into upselling, right? 
but honestly, like to me, camera is probably one of the, the least things that I ever worry about when it comes to pricing. I feel to you. me, I'm like, I would much rather have more lights, yep. more C stands and more crew. Yep. Even if you change the, that, the quality of light, right? Your diffusers, even if you invested in better diffusers and cause I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I probably, I made a killing with my, my five D Mark three and like for video. Oh my God. I made a, I made, I done so much with a five D Mark three. It's not even funny. Like if there's in my lifetime thus far, if I had to put what, what amount of my money came from what camera it's the five D Mark three. It was just, it was, it was my go-to camera. That mug shot the worst 8-bit. Now I'm looking at it, 8-bit MPEG HD, and I was I just knew it. I just knew how to push it. I knew how to get the best out of the codec. I just it was just my go-to camera. Go for it, Tim. Yeah, and actually, to me, the thing that has probably the two things that have probably made me more money is actually my Atomos recorder. That dang thing has made me more money than anything. And it's not even a camera. <laughs> and the second, I would probably have to say our big 12 by 12 silk diffuser that we have, because we do a lot of outdoor products, outdoor, like we've done cooking shows and that kind of stuff. And just a client being like, dang, why does everything look so nice? Yep. Like that nice 12 by 12 frame that we got with all them sandbags, <laughs> like that one thing, like, I don't know how many clients are like, yeah, every time I go outside and I try to shoot something, it just looks terrible. It's harsh. And I'm like, well... We'll just bring out that nice 12 by 12, you know, frame, set it up with a, a good muslin on there, get that nice, soft everything. Like I said, those two things alone. And like I said, having that, I'd take that over, you know, whatever red, blah, blah, whatever, Ari. Like, if I don't have the right tools to make the image look good, the camera don't matter. Yep. I can do that with an iPhone. Bay's on you. Go for it, bro. So I'm listening to you guys. That that I mean, it's phenomenal what uh, Tim and Ty are saying. You guys should be uh, going Broadway together. <laughs> um, so would you put examples like that on on the website? I know Ty, this is probably in the course, you know, but I, I um I'm thinking about that. Like, say if you put a, uh, you go like a, a basic edit, you know, one click edit with one light, you know, and then up, you know. Uh, better edit with two lights and, and, and so forth and so far. Would you put examples like that on your website so they can actually see that? Now that goes for you, Tim. You're more into the marketing thing. I know you do it too, Ty, but Tim, you're the specialist. I mean, you would think that would be a good idea? I usually have those listed in my in my proposal. Okay. Especially, so it's not something you would just leave floating on the website? I, I usually put my, I, I put my best work on my website and in my proposal. Think about it like this. Whenever you see a car commercial, and they're riding through the mountains. They're never riding on the base model. They got the LX39. This You'll see the small print. This model includes, but you know, I want to show my best work. And then I want to have an introductory base that we can build off of. Because when you walk in a dealership, you're like, I want my car like that. Well, that car got the sport package. It got a sunroof. It got the, you know what I'm saying? They That's how, you know. You don't, they can't bring you in with a base model, all white F-150 work van. That's why you don't see no commercials for work vans. Even even when you do, you see a Mercedes Sprinter with everything added. You know, you just don't see a lot of commercials with base models in it. And that's just my opinion. That's not a industry standard or a fact. That's just, that's just 100% my opinion. I'm going to show you something great. 
um, and I'm going to once you come in, I'm going to provide provide a proposal um, where we can get you in the door at this amount. We can get you some 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 greatness at this amount. And if you want what you've seen, you know, because it kind of adds pressure on people to make them feel like, okay, well, everybody's getting the super supermodel. I want that. Just like you okay. think every Camaro is a V8, every Mustang is a V8. They sell more V6s than they sell V8s. But on the com- on the commercials, they're you like, man, I want that. And you go there and you leave with a V6, and you like, but that, but that, you know what I'm saying? But it's just the commercials don't don't sell a V6. Like the commercials don't tell you that this V6 is getting 31 miles a gallon. They show you burning rubber and smoke and muscle. Right, muscle muscle cars sell more V6s than actual V8s, simply because they push the V8 as you know the the thing behind the muscle car, and and V6s I'll sell V8s twelve to one. It's ridiculous. Okay, good point. Good point. I didn't think of it that way. Go for it, Tim. Yeah, I'll I'll take the the opposite side. I think really realistically, I think it's something you test. Right. I think that there's value in, in showing that. I also think that there's value in showing what you have to offer on there. My big thing, though, is if you're going to do it, what you want to use is something called anchoring, where essentially you show them the very first thing on your services should be the most expensive thing that you have. A lot of people get this wrong. They put their cheapest to most expensive. And you don't want to do that because you want to put the most expensive thing so that people are like... Ah, I don't know, that sounds a little out of my budget. And then as they start going down, they're like, well, man, I really want that thing. Like this has this, this has that. And to be honest, there's actually a lot of companies that use this to actually persuade you to buy something that actually has better profit margins for them. So perfect example of this is if you've ever gone to a nice restaurant and they have a wine menu, the first wine that they show you is the most expensive wine, a, a good restaurant will show you the most expensive wine that they have. And actually the second most expensive wine that they have for you is the second to last wine. And the reason is, is because they know that the very, very bottom price wine, nobody wants to be the cheap guy. You don't go out and you're like, yep, I'm the cheap guy. I buy everything at the cheapest. Like nobody wants to be the cheap guy. So that you end up going and you look and you're like, dang, $2,000 for a bottle of wine. That's pretty pricey. I don't want to spend $2,000. Let me go down the second to last one. Maybe it's 50 bucks. Hey, 50 bucks doesn't look that bad comparative to $2,000. But that $50 bottle of wine, they're buying for maybe three bucks. And now you just bought the second most expensive wine that has the best profit margins. And you didn't even know. But that's because they understand how to essentially do their pricing model and that kind of stuff. So to me, I'm a big person. And if you know exactly what your prices are, you're confident in what they are, and you can show them properly. If you can't do that, I don't recommend putting it out there. Because like I said, that that comes down to, to not presenting it properly, doing that kind of stuff. So if you can do it, I say 100% do it because the other thing is you're going to have a lot less people getting in a conversation with you and then being like, well, I don't know about the price. I don't know about this. They already know that. They know if they can afford it. They know exactly what they want. And really all it is is like, all right, just sign right here and I'll take your credit card. 
and like that's it and selling becomes really it's not even selling because your website did all of it so i think that it's valid i think both points are valid you just have to i think weigh a little bit of the pros and the cons and to me i'd say test it a b test it you can simply do that like i I definitely think we're i I think actually we're saying the same thing i'm just saying to, to display He's saying present the most expensive first, and that's exactly what I'm saying. Punch him with that, and then offer. So we're saying the exact same thing. And this is why it's extremely important that you structure your pricing, right? You can't, if you're eyeballing it, if you're coming up with prices, you can't do this. You have to have your pricing structured. You have to know, you have to have the ability to stack what you sell. If you are getting quotes and you're like, let me think about it. Let me put it together. You will not have the ability to do this. So you have to sit down and say, okay, again, what is my niche? Where do I sell them? I need to make blocks out of everything that I offer. You know, even if it's a big block of headshots, I need to make another block of teeth whitening or, you know, skin smoothing to this level. Like I need to make blocks out of what I do so that I can offer it. If you don't do that, you will be lost trying to figure this out when you're eyeballing it, trying to make up stuff and it won't add up. And clients will have integrity issues with you because they're like, well, that's weird. I, for for our video, it's 100. For eight additional minutes, it's another $50. Well, that don't make sense. I don't trust you now because I feel like you're trying to get over on me. I feel like you're trying to do something fishy. I'm losing trust in you. The prescription that you offer don't seem too legit now. All the stuff that you tried to help me with, I ain't fully trusting. I'm not really, I'm not really feeling it. So have that together before you talk and deal and work with clients. Have that that in place. Because trust me, I've lost sales with big clients, big clients. Because when they wanted to make changes, I couldn't make them. So Something you got to think about before you start jumping down the rabbit hole of trying to get it right. You know, something you definitely want to think about. And it's, you know, upselling is big, man. It's something that takes a lot of attention. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of planning. But once you get it, you're going to wonder like, man, I was people say they want higher paying clients. People saying they want more money. People saying they want to work less and get more per shoot. This is how you do it. So. That is the key to going from $200 a shoot to $2,000 a shoot. People want to know the magic sauce that you sprinkle on it. It ain't about staying away from cheap clients. It ain't about, you know, it's about showing value, but this is a very big component that you need to fully understand and implement to, to, to consistently land big clients, to consistently have two, three, $10,000 jobs. This is a part of what you really need to focus on. And a lot of people skip over this and they have other parts in place. They have other pillars in their house, but they don't have, you know, this, you know, it's great to have the, the real and the, the presentation. And like I said, I can, if I get Walmart on the phone with a lot of people right now who say they want clients and want money and, and you know, I get Walmart on the phone with them, it would collapse because they don't have this in place. So it's very important that you focus on this and you build the pricing structure within your business. 
Just like you don't want to go places and have to negotiate price. You don't want to go places. And I mean, imagine going somewhere and there's no price tags. And you hear you hear them tell a, tell a person in front of you that the bottle of water is a dollar. And they get to you and look at your shoes and say, oh, you got on Gucci. Um, It's $2.50. Well, you just told him it was a dollar. I can't tell you how many times I've had people call me from two different people call me a week apart from the same company. And if they got two different prices, you can forget about ever doing business with them. Because they'll do it on purpose. Especially with companies that have that leeway and gray area of price. Businesses want to work with structure. They can plan. They can map out budgets. They can they can work with you long term if you have structure. So build that structure. And test it out on your beta clients. Your beta clients is, listen, your beta clients is, they are there to be, to have stuff tested on them. They are your guinea pigs. They are your test subjects. Test them. Use them. So, pick, so pick them Ty, yep. so I'm sorry. Hold on a second. I know you good, bro. Pick their heads. Um. So, so when you go to your beta clients and, and, and you're testing something out on them, I think you or Tim said that you you should ask them, okay, what 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 would you pay for this, or how much is this worth to you? Is yeah. that the question you would pose to your beta client? Most like, definitely. Say if I'm giving them, say if I give them a base, uh, photo shoot, a backdrop. One light, no editing. Uh, let's say that's a hundred dollars, you know, per person. You know, let's just go with that. Mm-hmm. And now we work our, our our ladder up, as Tim said. Uh, the next one to be two lights with basic editing. The next one to be three lights with um, Hollywood editing. We want to call it, you know, and that you work your way up to two fifty a headshot. I mean, that's what I'm thinking of. But now, what do you ask your beta client? Okay, what do you think this is worth to you? So would you approach it that way? So I'm going to tell you how I would approach it, right? Because a beta client is not going to care how many lights. They're not going to care what you do on the back end, right? You get a base shot and say, this is the basic photography. Then you come out with a shot that's that's better than that. However you get there is on you. You may you may get a little more dynamic with the lighting. You may say, I'm going to put an eyeliner. You call this the, and we're just going to make it easy. This is the silver package. Standard is okay. bronze. I'm going to make it a little bit better with the silver package. Then you come out and you you do something extra to make it better than the last one. You may add teeth whitening, skin smoothing. That's the gold package. Now, if you know my silver, my my bronze package is a hundred dollars. The next step up, ask your beta client, how much more would you be willing to pay to take your picture from this to this? Okay. Don't, don't talk about lights. Don't talk about how you got there. That's not that. That'll just okay. confuse them. They don't care. Okay. And when they give you a price, keep that in mind. And say, okay, if you think this is worth a hundred and this is worth 150, what would you be willing to take it to this this picture? You would be surprised. Because they probably won't tell you ten dollars. They'll be like, that's I think that's worth three, four hundred dollars more. And in your mind, you're thinking two fifty, but if three people told you they're willing to pay four hundred, congratulations. You just paid more bills that much. Like you've learned a lot about it. That you because you gotta take it out of your your opinion in your pockets. And you gotta let those dentists talk with their pockets. Because they 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 just live a different lifestyle. Your 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 client live a different lifestyle than you. It may be a lot of money to you, it may be nothing to them. I've seen people get um different center caps on their cars and upgrade it, and it was a four thousand dollar upcharge, and it was like, let's do it. You know what I'm saying? So what may be a lot to you may not be a lot to them. And testing okay. within your and 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 mind you, listen. When I talk about niche and ideal client, 
you can't jump all over the place with different. You can't go to a barber shop and then go to a barbecue place and and have the right answer. It has to be within your target audience. You can't do this and be everywhere. So so for those that's watching and everybody they client and they trying to have a wedding beta tester and a dog grooming beta tester and they're trying to compare, it won't work. You will fail miserably because they are not the same. Just like certain questions you can ask men from women. They won't give you the say, you know, what do you want to drink while you're watching the game? A woman may say, I would, you know, I just want a soda or a nice thing of wine. A guy may say, I want a Coors Light, I want a beer. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just different. So what you got to do is specifically ask somebody or ask a group of individuals or beta testers that's within your niche and target audience and then compare what they give you. And that's the best way to get traction. Because if not, okay. you'll be like, I'm asking 50 people and it's not working. Ty, you you telling me some bull. You can't ask 50 different people all over the place. You know what I'm saying? You're just just looking at who's in the, the, the chat right now. If I asked you, what's the cost of a decent house? All your answers are going to be different because you're in different locations. We could be talking about different money types. You know what I'm saying? We could be talking about different currencies. So there's just differences. However, if I got homeowners within the same zip code and I ask them that question, I have some comparable data. So keep that in mind for those who who like this idea and they want to go out and implement it. Keep that in mind as you move forward with with gathering that data. Go for it, Tim. My bad. I was wanted to make sure that was clear because I got a lot of people who. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I definitely agree on pretty much everything. The other thing that I would say is just don't ask one person and make that the price. Because I don't know how many times they're like, well, I asked this one person. And I'm like, asking one person is not the majority, right? You want to make sure that you're asking three, four, five people. And then the same thing is like, you know, and I know Ty's talked about it, like as time goes on and the year goes on, look at increasing the price. Like, Yep. I, to me, I'm like, don't always just be like, well, that's it. That's the price. It's never going to change. It's never going to do any of that stuff. I'm like, there's industries all the time that like price goes up. Like, like, right. Like to me, I'm like, when Adobe became a monthly subscription, your price should have gone up because of that. Like, that's just cost of doing business. And a lot of people complained about it. But to me, I'm like, well, if you're complaining, it's because you ain't raising your prices. And if you're not raising your prices, You've got nobody to blame, but really yourself. Don't blame Adobe. Like Adobe's doing what it needs to do to make money. If you're not doing what you need to do to make money, that's your fault. Yep. It's nobody else's. Especially as a business so owner. Yeah. And that's, that's the same thing is that's why I'm like, yeah, when Adobe's price went up, guess whose price also went up. Our price went up. That's just the name of the game. That's how business works. And if businesses can't afford it, then you know, hire Joe Smo down the street. He'll do it for you. <laughs> yeah. The one thing you got to think about as a business owner who control your own destiny. One thing I try to, it was hard for me to break is a lot of the choices you make in life. You're choosing to stay in the same like tax bracket. You're choosing to remain middle-class poor or whatever, whatever you want to call yourself. You're there based off the choices you've made to stay there. Right. You got to you got to push the envelope. You got to go places you ain't never been. Right. You got to do that with your pricing and your quality and, and and your understanding of business. A lot of people will buy a lens before they buy a course. And that's cool. 
You've made the choice to buy something that depreciates compared to buying something that can help you go to the next level. So you can't complain to people. You can't you can't get mad when you see a Bentley because you made that choice. And for me, moving to Dallas and being around Lamborghinis and Bentleys all day, I realized that these people are no different to me. They just made a choice. They were born into it. And you can say, oh, you were born into it. Even being born into it, they made the choice to to live by that standard. You have to make a choice to live at a higher standard. You have to make a choice with your business to offer a higher level of quality, offer a higher level of service, to offer a higher price point. That's not, and, and, and a lot of people fail because their price point is based on their pockets. You're not selling to you. That's why I stop asking your friends for advice because they're not buying from you. We, we don't, you cannot live by their pockets. That's why I go after companies because companies have bigger pockets, right? I go after businesses because their pockets is not, they, they would not make it off, off my personal pocket. So you got to get out of that mentality because what's a lot of money to you ain't a lot of money to some people. There's $100 bottle water out here. And it sounds crazy, but they ain't out of business. They they selling it. There's 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 million dollar cars, mind blowing. They selling them. They it's a it's a ten year back you know backlog. Like it's a waiting list for stuff you can't even fathom. Uh, you know affording. There's a waiting list for it. They can't make them fast enough. So get out of the mindset of of your world and money in your world and finances in your world and build a brand that's going to take you to the next tax bracket. You can't do it by designing it for people within your tax bracket. There are some companies that excel at that. You know, there's the check cash in places. The, there's just, they're called high risk companies. Don't build a high risk company. And, you know, so that's something I want to, that's just the mental side that I had to go through because I'm listening to cousins and you know, this, that's too much headshots. You trying to get hundred out, you know what I'm saying? That's, you can't listen to that. They are in that tax bracket that they in. My client is not in that tax bracket because I'm not trying to be in that tax bracket. So with that being said, it's been what, two and a half hours, two hours and 46 minutes. Any last questions before we get ready to write for today? No, everybody good. Everybody popping up. Uh, go for it. Oh, oh go ahead, John. Yeah, it's all you, uh, bro. You, we gotta get, we gotta hear your voice. Thank you, thank you, Ty, for the time. <laughs> you making this uh, this live? <laughs> because here in Rome is uh, is uh, like eleven o'clock. Is very good. Thank Perfect. you very much. I, I knew you. I knew if anybody would appreciate it, you would. Because I know you'd be up at like two. Very appreciated. Thank you very much. And uh, no, I I have no uh, uh, questions because. Uh, the live was uh, very very good, and I have all the question uh, questions uh, answered. And uh, keep up the good job. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate your support. I was gonna say anybody else is watching. I know if you're not a gold member, you can't comment, and there's probably a lot of questions from people 
who they're not a gold member, but they want to comment. I would post your questions in the comments. I'll try to jump on them or save them for a later video. I would also ask that you post what you've learned in this video. I'm still going to let y'all jump in and ask questions. I know it sounds like I'm rapping, but I'm not. But if you're watching, um, make sure you definitely post some things that uh, some questions you have. Um, real quick, I'm going to answer this and then I'm going to let you guys jump on and, and then ask your questions. Things you can upsell in wedding photography. A lot of stuff. That is the upsell capital of the world right there there's just so many things i've sold traditional video i've sold um well wedding photography there's just so many separate shots group shots different type of shots different theme shots um there's so much you can upsell with wedding photography it's not even funny it's not even funny black and white shots there's so many it's just so much you can do um especially around theme based stuff with wedding photography it's, it's just a lot of upsells I think I think a lot of guys, this is one thing I want you guys to focus on. And I want you guys to offer a base item. Get a base service. Start with your what is the minimum base model of what I offer that I can offer? What is the least amount of money I want to make? And what am I willing to provide within that area? And then grow from there. But if you don't have a base because you're gonna listen you just like what's great about that is you're gonna have clients that that's, that's that are just price shoppers like the opposite of cheap price shoppers they just want the best i want i got friends that buy eight thousand dollar macbook pros just to get on facebook just because they want it the best so when you itemize it like that you're gonna have clients that just max you out just because they want the best i settle for nothing but the best ty give me that sir you got two sentences i want the teleprompter Okay. I've had clients like that, like literally. Like, so keep that in mind as you grow your thing. But I'll let you guys at the bottom. Um, any questions, anything you guys want to say for a wrap? Rodney, go for it, bro. Sorry, just real quick. I know I missed like the first hour of this. Uh, I forgot our gold uh, member lives, are they recorded in Save in the Community area? Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Yep. All the gold members live. I usually I've been recently releasing them like months later, but they're all in it. The, they're all in the, There is a gold member playlist that has all the gold member videos. All right. And just a shout out to everybody. Austin, Bay, Tim, um, our man from I'm trying to remember where you're from, dude. And it's like 11 o'clock over there. Hello. Oh, uh, uh, my name is Andre. It's Rome. Andre. Andre. Anthony from Rome. Andre, yes, Andre, Andre. Like the E uh, is an A. Andre, okay. I'll get it there. I'll get it there one day. Um, but just want to say thanks for everybody and just the, the knowledge of everybody. More than welcome. More than welcome. Anybody else? Anybody else, anybody else want to jump in before we, before we slide out? We are good. My man Ty did it again. You knocked it out the park. I'm <laughs> going, <laughs> man. I just I just enjoy uh, seeing people grow. I enjoy growing myself. There are things that come up on here that I may bring up and forget. Like, man, I forgot I did do that. You know what I mean? So it, it you know it's therapeutic. I don't get to have these conversations with everybody. The circle is small. Um, so I enjoy it. I definitely enjoy it. I want to say those who are watching, listening, please make sure you uh, rate the podcast for me. We're growing. The podcast is something that I didn't think about doing. I had people say you should do the podcast, and I did it. And now it's it's going places. So. 
Um, if you're if you're listening on a podcast, make sure you listen. Make sure you uh, rate that. If you're watching, please like, share, subscribe, and um, I will definitely uh, see you guys Tuesday. Until then, we got a whole lot of stuff that's that's popping in. Look at Mike jumping in last minute. What's up, Mike? We got a whole lot of things, a whole lot of quick short snippets that we'll be dropping um, throughout between now and Tuesday. But before we go, Mike, you got a question you want to ask? Anything real quick? Pause for a second. I know you're in the middle of something dope, but I wanted to make sure I tell you about a course over at Flash Film Academy that changed the game for me. It literally took my business from attracting mostly low-end clients to consistently landing and closing bigger clients with bigger budgets. It's called the five key steps for creating an effective portfolio that converts. If you're a photographer, videographer, editor, colorist, or graphic designer, it's very simple. This course teaches you how to take what your brand does well and present those things in a way that help the clients understand how your brand can solve their problems. When clients are trying to make a decision on why or even if they should work with you, blasting them with your best video clips set to music won't cut it anymore. It doesn't set you apart, show value, or help buyers in the process of making a decision. This course teaches you how to create a commercial for your brand providing a first impression that will help 10x your ability to land quality clients. Remember, if you can't effectively tell your story, clients won't hire you to effectively tell their story. Go to flashfilmacademy.com today to get started. Use promo code POD5, that's P-O-D-5, to save 15% off this course. You're listening to Content and Cash, a Flash Film Academy podcast. I cannot hear you. So Mike's on the freeway doing 250, 250 miles an hour. <laughs> he's, he's getting pulled Can you guys right? hear me? I hear you. It's a delay, but I hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay. All right. I, uh, I've been listening. I just got off work and I'm driving. I should not be saying this online. I'll get my ass arrested if I said this. <laughs> uh, uh, anyways... Let's just say I've been listening in, and I appreciate it, uh, all the information. My question to you guys is I'm at the point where I finally have a beta client, and I'm about to do my first video, and I'm about to put a pricing structure for this video, and it's basically for my niche, and it's a basic promo for a product and i this is where my conflict is at i want to make it my most badass promo video and i want to use that as my base but at the same time it's a beta client that you know whose market is very limited and so on and so forth my question is should i still go all out on this promo video for this beta client or i don't know Make it normal. Um, I'm gonna tell you the answer to that. Mm. I I would I would make it normal because your all out may not be their all out. I would make it a normal video. I would ask them what do they value that video at, right? What's the price point they value that video? Then I would ask them what would make this better because your idea of all out may not be their idea of all out. Like your idea of color grading and adding a drone shot, you know what I'm saying, may not be something that's valuable to them. 
you want them to tell you what they what they need to make this spectacular. You know what I'm saying? Like for me, you know, I, I, I can order a burger at a place and they're like, we went all light with the special bread and y'all don't care about that. Put me some bacon on it and I'm happy. All out is more bacon. All out is not a better bun to me. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's just me. I don't care how, you know, I don't care about where the meat come from, whether the cows were free or they were, I just don't care. I just don't, I don't taste the difference. But what I do taste the difference is, it's bacon. Like add some bacon. That's what's so you you could do all out and you can have a special hand rolled bun from whatever that's that's hand buttered by topless women and I don't care. I don't care who butters the bread. It takes you know, my idea of all out is just different. And if I'm your ideal client, ask me what what's all out. Cause I will pay I you can bring me that burger that's been I'd be like, eh, but you slap some some bacon on it, like four strips, I'm cashing it out. Let's go. That's why I'm a Wendy's guy. But you know what I'm saying? So I think give them, give them what you got and then ask questions to take it further. You, you, you get what I'm saying? I think there's a delay because I don't hear you, bro. Your lips moving, but I don't hear you. How about now? I hear you now. There goes the mute button. Yep. Yeah, I hear me? Yep. I hear okay. you. Okay. Oh, no? Okay. Uh, I, so don't do multiple videos first. Do the normal video and then ask them or uh, I don't know. Because part of me says do the normal video, then do the, the all-out video, and then basically... Remember what you? I just heard you say, okay, this is what this looks like at the base, and this is what it looks like all out. But you're saying to find out what that all out is first. Let them tell you. Is what that, that what is. I'm hearing? Correct. Yep. Because because whatever they say, they're going to be willing to spend for it. You know what I'm saying? Think of it. Think of it like this: when you go eat, when you go to a restaurant, they're not just bringing you dishes. Right. They'll usually come talk to you first. They usually want to ask questions. What do you like? You know, even if you make a recommendation, you know, you ask them to make a recommendation. They want to ask questions. Then they bring out an appetizer. Then you go from there. So build into it. Don't just come out with your best dish. They may be allergic to, you know, spaghetti and meatballs. They may be allergic to it. You know what I mean? So it's good that you ask questions and then you work your way up and let them tell you what's valuable to them because they may not be valuable to you. Right. Just like a great relationship, your partner, things that are valuable to them may not be valuable. I don't got to hold your hand to me and show that I love you. That's just saying I don't who can care who cares. But to your partner, it may mean everything. So next week. Mm-hmm. So next week, my I'm going to be speaking to my beta client about this promo video. Yep. So I guess that's where I need to basically diagnose the problem of what a great video is to them. Am I correct? Correct. Because if you deliver a great video to you, okay, and it's not great to them, they got the money. Well, they ain't gonna, you know what I'm saying? They're the client. They're you got the goal is to make them happy. I think I can attest to that because I had another. Uh, it wasn't a beta client, but uh, a customer that wanted a uh, YouTube video, and they wanted humor, and 
long story short, I hired a scriptwriter, and I thought, I assumed that this is what the customer wanted, but I guess I didn't read it right, and the customer, the client said, that's not what I'm looking for. And that right there hit me hard because I thought, I thought I was doing something right, but I guess I was, I guess I didn't listen correctly at what that client needed for her, for the YouTube video. So that, that's why I'm a little bit afraid of going into the beta client uh, uh, about this promo video because I already got a, already got a hit already. So. Yeah. I mean, you got to listen to what they want. That's just business one-on-one. Robbie, you're looking out. Welcome to the gold, gold status. Everybody just clap it up for, for the latest gold member. Um, but I, but I want to say this, uh, my, you, you, the thing is business, especially in this industry, you got to take your, your personal artistry need to create out of it. And you want to create to their vision. Use your, your talent to, to create their vision. Not use your talent to create your vision based off what they like. Use your talent and abilities to create their vision. And you got to be great at communicating and understanding their vision. Just like a, just like your director, they wrote the book. You're turning their book into a movie. You know what I'm saying? So you got you to gotta communicate with that writer so that you can help bring this story to life in a way that, that embodies their book. That's what great directors can do. That's why you will see a lot of writer-director combos stick together a lot in the industry because they know that this person get me and they see my vision compared to somebody who just don't and you can you can you can mess up a whole lot of money providing a great video that's not what they asked for in your heart you like i did it i'm it's a beast but they like i didn't ask for this what is this i mean that's if you come if you come to to my restaurant and you order chicken alfredo and i bring you a a, a bowl of greens i'm like these greens are the best greens ever these are the best collard you're like what i didn't order this I don't care how good they are. It's not what I ordered. That's literally what's taking place when you provide a client with something they didn't ask for. And in your mind, you like, I season these. These are good. This is the, and like, I didn't order this. I don't care how good it is. I don't care what it smells like. Get it out of here. You failed. I'm not coming back here again because they never, they never bring me the food I asked for. That'll be, that'll, you'll be mad if you got something delivered from Pizza Hut and it wasn't what you asked for. It can be the best. You, I'm going to tell you, you can order something for two dollars and they can bring you out a fifty dollar meal. And if it's not what you asked for, you don't care. That's just how you know what I mean? It's just how crazy it is. It could be, you know what I'm saying? Like you can be like, this ain't what I ordered. That's been times I ordered a you know, a happy meal for my kid. I get a bag from McDonald's, it's twelve cheeseburgers. I'm mad as hell. I ain't order all these cheeseburgers. What am I gonna do with all these extra cheeseburgers and fries? I ordered a happy meal. Uh oh, he lost his connection. So those are things that are, you know, you got to be good at communicating with the client or you won't be in business. That's the, that's the nicest way I can say it. Okay. With that being said, since all the questions are gone, we're going to get ready to wrap for the day. Um, big shout out to everybody, man. I appreciate you guys jumping on this live and chopping it up with me. I will see you guys Tuesday. We got some stuff dropping in between now and then. And I'm telling you now, cause business is getting crazy. We're going to have a whole lot more behind the scenes stuff coming. Um, whole lot more behind the scenes stuff coming soon. So 
be prepared for that and get those questions together. Um, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and cut out for the day. And I will definitely see you guys um, next Tuesday. All right, y'all. Stay safe. Thanks so much, Todd. All right. Appreciate it, you guys. You've been listening to Content and Cash, a Flash Film Academy podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and go to our webpage at www.flashfilmacademy.com.